The other thing I was thinking about, oh, I guess we should talk about this in the show. Sure. That's what I usually say. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Sneaky Dragon Breakfast Show. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're doing this way earlier than normal. We're doing this... Uh, it's just barely turned it's, yeah, afternoon. It's the break of noon. It's the break of noon. Now, Dave got off work a little bit early. I did. Uh, for stealing. <laughs> this is right. Was, I was invited to leave early today. That's right. So they discovered me trying to uh, walk, leave with a 16-foot garage door under my under my jacket. Mm-hmm. Did and then someone hit the uh, open button, and uh, <laughs> it just got, tore his clothes to shreds. Things got, the whole thing's got sexy. Yep. I thought they were going to get uh, adorable. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if me sitting there in my underwear is adorable, but... Well, it's yeah. a pun on the door. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's where I was going with that. Sure. Uh, okay. I shouldn't it. do I'll jokes like that, because uh, when we translate this into other languages, it will make no sense. Mm. Yeah. That's <laughs> the problem with, like, animation, by the way. Like, when you're writing an animation script, yeah. and they'll go, like, don't put puns in there. Okay. Because we're going to have to translate these, and they won't make sense. And then we won't be able to do when uh, this is over in, you know, Norway. Hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a thing. And it's like, uh, no. Just make up another joke. Figure it out. Shove <laughs> something else in there. That's not my problem. We shouldn't uh, suffer. Uh, you know, to to then you know for translation purposes later on. Yeah. So does that mean all jokes have to be physical? That there can there can be no verbal humor. There can be, but no pun based ones. I mm. guess you know there yeah. might be ways of doing verbal humor that uh, that aren't. In fact, I'm sure there are. I don't know. I mean, I guess like would who's on first work in French? I don't think so. Uh, also, what's their uh, knowledge of baseball? <laughs> That's true. Like, there's a whole, there's, a, by the way. But I mean, even if you did, like, a try to do, translate it just so people understood what it was about. Can I, can I, can I ask this question? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's something that's always bothered me about the Who's on First thing. First of all, I realized that, uh, that um, Abbott and Costello did not write Who's on First. It was just an old bit that yeah. uh, they got famous doing. Yeah. Uh, but they started off with just going, you know, I'm uh, going to the baseball game. Oh, yeah. You know, the players have uh, really crazy names nowadays. Mm. Do they? Why? Why do they have crazy names nowadays? Yeah. What What happened with the names? What's the big change in the baseball lineup? That like, uh, are you are you bringing in a bunch of foreign players? Is this what you? Is this the premise? Is yeah. this the premise? Yeah. That you know you've got a care. Uh, oh, there's a guy called who who's who's yeah, there. Yeah. See, oh, a foreign player, and that's a crazy crazy name. And then all the other names don't really sound like they would be from other countries at all. Like the premise falls flat. First of all, yeah. uh, you know, recently baseball players all have crazy names. Sure. Okay. Maybe they were thinking of like Mel Ott, okay. the famous, uh, I think he's a giant, played for the New York Giants. All right. He's a popular uh, crossword puzzle clue. Okay. Like OTT. Uh, when, uh, when How about the... Ty Cobb? That's kind of an Abner Doubleday. Well, he invented it. Well, it's, also, it's kind of an odd name. So it's not nowadays. It's no, no, like I'm just from saying, the start of yeah, baseball, yeah. they've had thinking, a crazy name. I'm thinking of that song, that uh, song by uh, the, no, his name's got on my head, by David, David. Anyway, the writer, the songwriter, musical songwriter, who wrote a song about baseball names. And they're all, they all, they're off, there is quite a few kind of crazy names in there. Okay. Now, I can't remember what the song's called, because it's, it's named after a baseball player. Uh, okay, so I'm looking at like the... 1990 Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, we got uh, last names. Uh, James, Mayer, 
uh, Reagan, Robertson, Russell, Sullivan, Wilkinson. Uh, well, that's a crazy name. Uh, <laughs> Williams, uh, Schellenbach. That's a little bit. Loudermilk. Uh, uh, Benz. I guess you get a joke out of Benz. Yeah. You know, but that's that's about it. The premise to the joke is very weak and flimsy. Okay. Okay. So uh, here we go. This is the song. Is uh, I wish I had the lyrics for it, but uh, it's Van Van Lingle Mungo. That was the name of a baseball player. Okay. Of that time period, uh, I guess he he uh, was was uh, inspired to open up. I wish I could find the uh, the lyrics for it though, because then, then we get more. Oh yeah. wait a minute. Okay, I got the actual script for who's on first here. Okay. And it's even worse. Okay. <laughs> so Abbott, Abbott says. Yep. You know. Uh, uh, Strange as it may seem, they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Okay. So they give them the names. Okay. These aren't their names. These aren't their names. They give them the names. Costello, funny names, nicknames, nicknames. Like, okay. So these are nicknames. So now on the St. Louis team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Okay. <laughs> so you've given a person okay. a nickname yeah. of like, you know, what? <laughs> Like that's your that's your nickname for your baseball player. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make a lick of sense. It's nothing. And like Costello's confused. Do you think this as he should be because this whole thing is bananas. Um I I feel like okay, for the sake of conversation I'll continue this, All right. on this road with you. Um <laughs> Yes, it is it is pretty those are pretty silly names. You're correct. Right. But even if it was like but if it was any anything, it would be those would be weird names. Now, when they say, like, they give baseball players very peculiar names. Mm-hmm. So that would be, like, they. They yeah. would be the owners of the team or the coach. Like, the other pl- the, the other players would not be naming themselves. Maybe maybe the, maybe journalists would, would, give them, would give them names. Oh. Like, sports writers would, ha- would come up with little fun names for players, you know. Okay. Maybe. All right. Let's go with that. So, uh... Because, like... And would they catch on, and so everyone would call them by these names? Yeah, like Hammer and Hank Aaron. Like, he wouldn't have called sure, himself sure. that, but that would have been a, a moniker applied to him by, by a sports writer. He would have become Hammer and Hank. Right, now, I'm not saying that adjective. I'm not saying that's the equivalent of what this, this nonsense. Yeah, it's an I'm adjective saying, more than a nickname. So, like, they wouldn't call yeah. Hank Aaron Hammer. Like, hey, Hammer. Like, you wouldn't do that. No, no, you call him Hammer and Hank. That's right. Yeah, it's, you know, he's now he has Smiling Stan Hank Lee. is now his middle name. It's Jolly Jack Kirby. That's, That's right. right. But you wouldn't call Kirby, hey, Jolly. Like, no, you never no. do that. No, no, no. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's an example you of... You would like, call Jack King Kirby King, though. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, that would work, because you stick in the middle. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, if you're given... Like, if the coach was given a nickname to a player, and, and, and they gave them the nickname, what? Yeah. Well, that's a stupid nickname, because he's going... What uh, get what out there? I don't know what's out there. No, no, what out there? Like I'm already well. This is exactly the for failure as a stupid coach. You are you are undermining your own argument here what's because that? this is exactly the problem with giving the guy that name. But why in the first place would they call well, a guy? That, what? They obviously didn't think about it when they they called, thought about it enough that they named three guys with the same premise. When they called Hugh Huskow, who he didn't know that uh, you know they didn't know what what a disaster that would be. Yeah, and then Dave What Freeman, like you know, he had a funny beard, so he got called What. It was just the time, you know, the times he was kind of a beatnik dude. Okay, you know, they called him What because yeah. you know he had a kind of longish hair, you know. So, and then I don't know, I don't know where that name came from. <laughs> 
They probably couldn't think of a nickname for him. Yeah, they're like, is, well, is I it, want a nickname. Can I get a nickname, boss? Is this nickname? Boss? Okay. And they're like, I, is, I can't think of one. I don't know. So like, is okay. his nickname three words? No, I think it's just all together. Slurred together. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, see, I can almost see that. Because I could see like a guy who's like just kind of a dumb guy who's just like anytime they ask, you know, so why are we losing? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, why are we late today? I don't know. Yeah. And like I can see like, oh, well, all right. Hey, sure. I don't know here. Doesn't uh, doesn't know why they were late. Yeah. Like that I can see. Because sure, that's sure. like a thing a coach would do because a coach yeah, is yeah. a bastard. So I could see that. Those names actually in in light of other names that occur later on in this in this sketch, those names are pretty pretty unremarkable actually. Because isn't it like people named after days of the week or something? Like I can't remember the whole thing anymore. It's been a while since I, I uh, okay put myself to the test. I'll just do you a fast burn through. On sure, this. sure. Okay. Strange as it may seem, they give ball players to nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names, nicknames, nicknames. Now on the St. Louis team, we have who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows on the St. Louis team. First of all. What are, you, what are you talking about here? He just did. Like, why did you? Why just, do you want him to name all the members of the St. Louis team? Why, why are we even starting from that premise? Sure, That's sure. a weird thing. Anyway, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You know the fellow's names? Yes. Then who's playing first? Yes. I mean, the fellow's name on first base? Who? The fellow playing first base? Who? The guy on first base? Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who's on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. The whose name? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> when you play uh, off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Pay off the first baseman every month. Who gets the money? Every dollar of it. And why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down to collect it. Whose wife? Yes. After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is, what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, 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 no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? <laughs> okay, keep going. St. Louis has a good outfield? Oh, absolutely. The left fielder's name? Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. You didn't tell me who's playing left field. Who's playing first? Stay out of the infield. The left fielder's name. Why? Because he's on center field. Wait a minute. You got a pitcher on this team? Wouldn't be a fine team without a pitcher. Tell me about the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. Yeah. This is where, it, to me as a kid, this is where it started to stretch, stretch credulity. Yeah. Now I would go along with the first three names. Now we're, now we're bringing it Tomorrow. home. Tomorrow. Now when the guy at bat bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out at first base. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to who? Now that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Don't get excited. Take it easy. I throw the ball to first base. Whoever it is grabs the ball. So the guy runs to second. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to? I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. A triple play. Yeah, it would be. Another guy gets up and it's a long ball to center. Because why? I don't know. I don't care. What was that? I said, I don't care. That's our shortstop. Okay. <laughs> Take take a victory sip. Take of your a cook. victory sip of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's like uh, I don't like I like I, I said. I don't give a damn is the real punchline. I don't give a damn is the live version of that punchline. Okay. Instead yeah. Instead of I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe it gets even filthier as. Uh, well, as they were they were like they weren't uh, vaudeville guys. They were burlesque guys. Okay. So they the were difference? a step down. All right. Burlesque was a bit of a yeah a bit of a dirtier. So while after they did this, someone would come out and strip, and so no one would care. Mm. Fine. Yeah, there you Just go. Just waiting for the stripper. Just waiting for the, the gal with the tassels. 
Okay, well, you know, been there before. Can't uh, <laughs> can't throw judgment on that. It's just so strange. It's their f- most famous bit. It's just, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. But the reason it is is because everything else they did wasn't very funny. Oh, their TV show was all right. Was it? Yeah, it really was. Hmm. It's it's uh, just watch their banter that they do in front of the curtain. It's very very charming. Hmm. I think I think you would enjoy it. I mean, we of course went through every Marx Brothers movie for full marks. Yes. Uh, and and look, there's some there's some odd premises that go into that. And, <laughs> yeah, but the idea is, um, uh, most of these guys are idiots, like full on idiots, you know, or smarter than like so so dumb that they're smart. Mm. You know, one guy's just an out-and-out con man that's just enjoying the chaos, and that makes sense. But in this case, it feels like two guys sincerely trying to understand each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In a ridiculous situation, or in a... Two two guys trying to understand each other in a world that makes no sense. Right. Like, why not start... It's not them that make no sense. The world they live in makes no sense. Right. And, and they're just... Because those names are crazy. They're yeah. right. But why not go with the idea of, like, make it a sketch or something, and just, like, you know, uh, Costello is the water boy. Or something, or Cancelo's working. You know, I, I, even he's a peanut guy for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And just like your first time working here as a peanut guy, yeah, yeah. But I get to see the games for free, which is fantastic. Absolutely. You know, things have changed a lot. I, I did it as a boy. Oh, you did it as a boy, eh? Well, boy, things have changed here since you've been a boy. Well, what, what's changed? Well, first of all, the names. What are you talking about? All the names. Well, you know, the names are a lot crazier than they were back when you were a boy. Well, I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay, well, I got to fill you in on how the situation's <laughs> going on. And then there you go. Instead of just like I mean, I out of nowhere, yeah, yeah, names are crazy nowadays, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. I guess they just wanted to get in as quick as possible. They didn't care about the setup. This is something I'm thinking about now because I'm writing more stand up, mm-hmm. and it's like. Do you just state the premise and go? Mm-hmm. Or do you have to find like a natural conversational way of just going, man, it was a beautiful day today. And I walked by a this. <laughs> and speaking of that, mm-hmm. this, that, the. Or just come out and just go, you know, this. Yeah. And well, just go, this is the premise. Whatever I'm makes going you to comfortable. talk about this topic. I would say John Mulaney kind of falls into that category where he's like, you yeah. know, he's unique. Blah, blah, blah. That, yeah. I'm going to start with a story here. I have a friend who put up. Twenty dollars and quarters into a machine and left that you know played much yeah. new pussycat. There's no lead into that. He's not doesn't say you know what's a funny song or something like that. You know, or you know what's the thing you can do? No, he just starts telling you a story. I, and I think it just depends on what, what your comfort is as a as a conversationalist. If you yeah. need to have a lead in, if you don't, you don't. Yeah, the uh... and I think if people were laughing hard enough at Abacastella, and not, you know what makes that what sells that bit is their back and forth. Their personality. Oh, sure, sure. You know, it's a rhythm. Abbott's bit. calm, Costello's hyper. But that is, but what they're doing there is a rhythm bit, which is very mm-hmm. similar to Groucho and Chico. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, if, sure. You, if you broke down what was being said, you'd go, guys, just step back for a second <laughs> and you'll figure this out. Exactly. Yeah. The, the point of it, yeah, the point of it is this, you, you are engaged in what's happening and you're not stepping back to go, what kind of names do baseball do baseball players really do have names like this? You know, like you're just enjoying the, yeah. the cleverness of the construction of this bit. And what's clever about it is how it's constructed. Yeah, you know, it, it's well, is it? It I is mean, cleverly done. Is it? Because like most, okay, the rhythm is good. Yeah, that'll the give cleverness. you. But I don't think. Okay, the ooh, is the <laughs> rhythm clever? Yes. 
Uh, maybe it Who's is. Who's on first? What, all that stuff is is well done because it the you, it rhythm, allows for all those repetitions. Is the, the writing I would not like, and it's weird because of course it's a classic bit of comedy. Everyone knows it. Everyone treats it like it's a yeah, classic bit of comedy. Can't, you can't judge it by just reading it. You have to judge it from from there. And I mean, like you say, it's an old bit, but I think the reason that it's theirs is because they made it theirs by their performance sure. of it. You know. And I do think it works really well. Like the whole thing oh, of you it know, works well. who's on first? Yes, you mean who's on? You know, just all those little bits where sure, he's sure, just sure. agreeing with him, and he, he's stating what he should know, but he doesn't know. Yeah, and that works really well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I'd like to give it a rewrite. <laughs> I don't think you need to. I don't think one a you don't need to b. Why? Well, I mean, they why did. are we giving? I'm it sure a they did because like sure it was did. an already existing bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, you know, um, it's uh, quite yeah. frankly, I'm sure it's a public domain bit by now. So knock yourself out. But if you were writing a bit like that nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, uh, OK, you could you could actually do this. You could actually do this. You know, it'd be like, uh, you, oh, this actually. Yeah, this would work. Um, there yeah, were all, By the way, there were always public domain bits, mm. especially in those days when, you know, like someone like they say Jack Benny when he started was just a complete copy of another com- comedian. He just took. You know, basically did his act. Right. But once you had an episode of the Jack Benny program on the radio and he did it on the radio. Then That's he... different. I'm talking about in the days of vaudeville oh, or, sure, or sure. stuff like that where, you know, there'd be two you different guys, live show, two yeah. different guys in two different sides of the country just doing doing uh, the same bit, you know, and and that's just or, or different circuits because there was the Pantages and there was the Odeon or whatever. There is the, you know, here's here's how you circuit. Here's how you do this bit nowadays. Yeah. I was at the park the other day. Oh, it's a beautiful day at the park. And everyone's got their dogs out. Oh, isn't it great to have a dog? And they got a special area there. And the dog is a dog. They call it a dog park. Like in the park, there's a dog, another park, a sub park. Okay. It's a park for the dog. Sure. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And it's just like, but you know, people now. It used to be Fido. It used to be Rusty. Now it's all crazy names for dogs. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Like uh, there's one guy had a dog uh, out there. He called it Nevermind. Okay. You know, and then you go through the whole damn thing. And yeah, yeah. And you just play the same beats. <laughs> sure, you can do, it. You can do you whatever know? you want. What's with that it? dog's name? Never mind. I yeah. want to know. No, that dog left. Yeah, you know, the park like a second ago. Yeah, I told you. He left. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I suppose. And what's that, this dog's name? No. <laughs> I suppose for us, I mean, now the whole baseball element kind of it doesn't really engage us the way it would have engaged people maybe back then when it was much more popular and much, you know. People spent more time thinking and talking about baseball. It makes more sense that people would name their dogs crazy names for fun than it does (laughs) that um, they give nicknames that make no sense to baseball players. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't think people would have been as engaged talking about dogs at that time. No, no. They did not have dog parks then. No. They couldn't spare that land. They couldn't spare the land. land. That land was for tobacco and cocaine. But that's the thing. They (laughs) they could spare the land. That's why they didn't need dog parks. There's just places for dogs to roam. That's true. You know, you had parks in the city, and you had parks. You had space in the in the countryside, and yeah, you know, you had backwoods behind your house if you're in the suburbs. Yeah, and you'd, you'd name your dog a sensible name because what would the neighbors think? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, come and get it. Oh, that's not bad. It's a good name for your dog. I did hear there was a dog once called Free Show. Okay, did you hear about that dog? <laughs> I did when not. you were a kid? No. Oh, you didn't hear about the dog called Free Show? No, when you were I didn't. A kid? No. This was a popular joke when I was a young man. Okay, and it was like uh, there was this woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, she named her dog Free Show. Once yeah. again, the premise is weak. <laughs> because why would... <laughs> she named her dog. Why would she do that? Yeah, yeah. 
Unfortunately, one day she left her door open. Mm. The dog got out. Well, at the time she was in the bath. Oh, okay. But the dog got out and she loved the dog. It was a valuable dog. Sure. And so she ran out of the house to get the dog. Yeah. Buck naked. <laughs> and she's running around the neighborhood yeah. yelling, free show, free show. Yeah. That was a joke that we all enjoyed when I was a child. <laughs> it's pretty pretty daring. Mm-hmm. Pretty daring. I can see why that, the little thrill of uh, badness and naughtiness. Did you ever see the comic strip, uh, and I'm going, not the one now, called Sally Forth? The original Sally Forth? The original Sally Forth. It's not related to the one that is in the papers now? In no way, shape, or form. The one that was famously lambasted for its bad drawing, bad art at the beginning. And of then history. changed to uh, a little bit better. Yeah. Um, no, there was originally uh, a comic strip called Sally Forth that uh, was, I'm not sure where exactly it was published, obviously not in newspapers, but but it, w- it would be a situation where like she was just trying to take a bath or something, or okay. she was just trying to change sure. or something. Oh, something that was like went, Wally Wood. Did Wally Wood Yeah, yeah that's right. And yeah, then okay. something went wrong, I and then, like, yeah, you know, yeah. she would end up naked in the last sure. panel and, like, oops. And, yeah. uh, but it's, and it's a Wally Wood nakedness, so it's, yeah. it's a wow kind of a thing. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting that there was then a comic strip later on that had that same name. <laughs> same name. Yeah. Yeah. And the original true. Broomhilda strip was just straight pornography. <laughs> but did involve the same characters. Yeah. Well, using always the same characters. Yeah. Gaylord Buzzard. <laughs> what he did with his cigar. Huh. She stopped smoking, I think, in 1973. She did? Yes. How come I still think of her with a cigar? I know, but she stopped. She did stop smoking. Uh, because, you know, you know, don't have your characters smoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I that think can't. she had a Saturday morning cartoon, as in, like, she was part 73? Of... No, I can't. I can't accept that. You can't accept that 73 was when she stopped No, smoking. because I, how come I only think about her with a cigar? She, that was, like, in my paper when I was a kid. And I, I have some of the books. I was a fan. I was a fan enough of, the, of it to have some of the syndicated strips in paperback form. Yeah. I'm not... Uh, oh, boy. Books I still have to this very day. Well, yeah, I don't they have were them. Pretty, yeah, they were pretty good. I'm trying to see, like, when, did, when, she, when she stopped smoking. Uh, but I'm betting it was the 70s. She's always been smoking hot, let's face it. Oh, you're not wrong. She uh, And she dates. She's very open about, you know, <laughs> her love life. It's like, good she's, on her. She's very open about I, her relationships. I, mean, I would say the only person, the only comic character that would have a more active sex life than Broomhilda would be Kathy. Kathy, Kathy does quite well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Broomhilda. Broom, pun on Broomhilda. All the kids like that, Joe. <clears throat> I would like to do a, uh, I'd like to write a... A play like a Kathy-based play, only so I can call it Act One, <laughs> Act Two. Oh, jeez! That's the only reason I would want to do that. Podcast recently. Why the heck didn't they do that? Oh my gosh, that is too bad. <laughs> they missed their chance. Oh my gosh, there we go. Uh, that is a joke for no one because I don't think anyone remembers Kathy anymore. Oh my gosh, I don't. Yeah, I know that she did quit smoking, but I'm not seeing where it is here. Mm. Uh, Your uh, story is falling apart. It's falling to pieces. I don't think uh, I don't think it is. But uh, yeah, she was part of e- uh, Archie's TV Funnies. As okay, well, okay. Along with uh, the characters Dick Tracy, Moon Mullins, Emmy Lou, Captain and the Kids, Dropouts, and Nancy and Smokey Stover. Weird. Mm, I guess they were all owned by the same company. It's weird that Sabrina and uh, and Brunhilde existed in the same same place. Hmm. And then later, she was in Fabulous Funnies, which uh, had Alley Oop, Tumbleweeds, and Nancy. If only they had incorporated her into uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch television show. Oh, jeez, yeah. That would have been better. What? What the heck? <laughs> Why didn't they? Yeah. 
Why didn't they? Yeah, I, I stopped watching the, the TV show, but I think she became Queen of Hell. Yeah, I gave it one season and then I I, I was fed up. Yeah, and then uh, she appeared in Riverdale. I don't know how they made that happen. Hmm. Uh, but It's but called Chasing Ratings. Oh, 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 I got back in the early days of the comic. Broomhilda used to smoke cigars. Yep. No, no, it's just someone commenting on it. <laughs> Because they did a comic strip uh, uh, fairly recently where she tells a guy to stop smoking. Okay. And then they mention, oh, she used to smoke. And mm. it's like, yeah, but they didn't. Because uh, ah. that was considered like a tough guy image. Oh, someone's wondering why they could. Yes. Like the thing smoked cigars as well. Oh, yeah. Until very recently. And Wolverine. Yeah. And Nick Fury. Yeah. That was a tough guy thing. And so yeah. it's hilarious that Broomhilda smoked a cigar because... What is she, some kind of tough man? Right. Oh, my goodness. And also, uh, Breaking ben, all the rules. ben Grimm was basically Jack Kirby. He was mm. one of many uh, Kirby characters that was Jack Kirby. <laughs> many yeah. Kirby analogs? Yeah. Drawn by Kirby. Yeah. There was like a, a character in The Demon that was like the demon's uh, friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of like uh, Kirby His characters. friend Kilby. <laughs> I like Kilby. Look this up. Sorry. I know. I looked up too many things. <laughs> You're getting away here. You know, you got me early in the day when I'm usually doing research for things, so I got researching energy, <laughs> and that's uh, that's the problem. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, huh. Okay, I was congratulating someone asked. I was congratulating Russell Myers on 50 years of Broomhilda, mm. and he appreciates fans' goodwill. Yeah. I asked him when she stopped smoking, and here's what he said: As to when she stopped smoking, the official answer is a long time ago. Translation, I don't remember. So there you go. But yeah, she, she still is a power drinker, though. Yeah. The thing about Broomhilda is, you know, if she's done by Russ Myers, you'd think her boobs would be bigger. Okay. <laughs> Faster sneaky dragon, kill kill. There you go. That's what you get with the breakfast show. Breakfast show gets a little blue. Unlike <laughs> the nighttime show. The usual, we're, we're the usual right breakfast show. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, did you hear yesterday about KISS FM, which I assume yes. is a syndicated network? Uh, because somehow I yes. heard it was happening not just here, but in other places. Oh, okay. I Okay, what I heard was it was because they let uh, two of their uh, hosts go. They fired two of their hosts, mm-hmm. and this was a protest thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it a local thing? That's the way so, I yeah. heard it described. It made me think, well, why are they, why yes. are they using that weird... Yeah, Vancouver's Kiss Half Animals. Okay, okay. Yeah, they were playing Rage Against the Machine, the same song, over and over. Bulls uh, on Parade? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the only one I know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was another one. Uh, killing in the Name of. Oh, Killing in the Name of. Okay. Yeah. One of, one of those shouty songs, or the, the guitar is going wah, wah, wah. And uh, people kept like turning in through the day and going... Oh my god, they're still playing it. <laughs> but they did take re- they did take requests. Yeah, and then they'd say uh, no, and then they would play that, <laughs> which is pretty good. Wow, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's a pretty gutsy, yeah. I, I got to say, but what a good publicity stunt! Like, like that got that got coverage all around the world. Yeah. yeah. So all right, it worked. Whatever, it, yeah, it worked for like a protest, and I guess it worked for publicity. It's win, win, win. <laughs> yeah. The uh, hosts who uh, got let go, their names were all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe all right. Yeah, it's crazy. The other thing we had happen in Vancouver was uh, Valley Village burned down. Okay. It, it looked like there was probably, well, okay. So, official story, oof, 
is uh, there was another building down the street that also caught fire. Okay. So it looks like it could be like an arsonist going down the street and uh-huh. setting things ablaze. Okay. Uh, real answer, mysterious fires lead to condos being built, lead to be people being rich. Yeah. So in Vancouver, we have mysterious fires. Yes, that's very true. And uh, I guess like, uh, you know, the other the other side of things is they just let their employees go. Oh, really? Most of their employees and, and did a self-scanning situation at... Uh, at the Value Village, which boo to that. Uh, so there's only like one uh, counter where you can actually go through with a person. Yeah. Uh, so some people are like, oh, this was because of that. <clears throat> uh, but I don't know. But it's a real drag because, you know, that's been a part of the community for a very, very long time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I was, we were just talking about it before the show started. And I mentioned that uh, although I've never been there, I enjoyed the largesse of it because David... M, friend of the show, would often go there and uh, buy things that he would then give to me because he knew that he'd be like, oh, do you have this? I found this, at, you know, some, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. no, I don't. Like, he would he, have interesting random things. He there. found like a box set of Woody <laughs> Allen films, like the early 80s stuff, like with my personal favorite film, uh, Broadway Danny Rose. Right. Uh, still all in their p- packaging. Like they, they were, it wasn't even opened by <laughs> whoever owned it. Wow. So he's here to take it. So. I know that is the, that's the, that's what really kind of got me was not you know the clothes all going well. First of all, it was frustrating to me because yeah. it's all about me because uh, <laughs> I was bagging up some clothes to take down. Oh, okay. I upstairs right now in bags. I've got clothes now that I'm just mm-hmm. like I don't know. They just heave them into the ash pile. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, throw them into the ash hole. Oh, what a horrible <laughs> thing to say. Uh, but, but what makes me really sad is like, they had all these interesting old board games and Mm -hmm. just weird, like that's where we go to get like platters and things. Cause there's always like an interesting, weird platter that's there from the past. Yeah. There's all these interesting things, books, you know, I've heard of them. Damn it. You know, it just sucks that, uh. You know, the, I mean, it's a flawed business. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's that's very true. But still, ugh, and it will be. It'll be condos now. That's what's going to go. It's going to burn down, and now it's going to be condos. And you know, here comes the neighborhood. <laughs> here comes the new neighborhood. Yeah, the one you didn't want. Yeah, we have the same thing happening in Aldergrove, Dave. The, uh, I mean, people are all like, "Oh, thank God they're getting rid of that giant eyesore of a mall and sitting in the middle of Aldergrove." And you're like, yeah, it wasn't like a great mall or anything. Like it was pretty, pretty rundown. It was sort of the country equivalent of like Scottsdale Mall, like just one of those one level malls with sort of anchor stores on either end yeah. of it. You know, they had extra foods on one side. That's my favorite type of mall, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> extra foods on one side and then like a sand on the other yeah, side, yeah. you know, like yeah. just get some soft. Very low level. <laughs> exactly. That's what, I, that's what all I bought there. And. And that was it. And then in between, there was like a Radio Shack, and that also had like a Sears outlet in it. For if you if you mail ordered from Sears, and you know, just once in a while, the Sands was closed down. You'd be like, "Oh no, what's in there now?" Fields. Oh, <laughs> what's different? Nothing. Yeah, at all. Yeah, you know how to pronounce fields. Yeah, that's that's the one difference. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. um, San was a double. It's just people don't know it was S double A N. So you're always oh, San, 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 um, and then. Yeah, just you know, Susie Shear and all. It just you know, this sure. stuff like that. You know, some sort of bargain furniture outlet. Yeah, you'd and, never get a cotton ginny in there. <laughs> so then, like it, it mysteriously like slowly closed down over time. Sure. It seemed like once a lease was was allowed to lapse by some store, that was it. That store closed, and that part of the mall closed. Until all that was left was the extra foods on one side of the mall. And a Dollarama on the other side of the mall, where the 
where the field slash sound used to be. And then up above that, a not very good dentist. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be not the, the not very good dentist sounds about right. Yeah. And then you'd also get the not great Santa uh, come Christmas time. <laughs> you know, not a full not, beard, not, yes, not a full beard, more a goatee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuffing. What do I need any stuffing for? Yeah, he's very thin. Who doesn't love a skinny Santa? And so <laughs> then the extra foods moved away. It was gone. And then and then finally the Dollarama has 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 left as well. So it's basically all empty now. Uh, but the reason for that was because the owner of the mall wanted to develop the property. But he didn't want to pay for the environmental assessment. Oh, okay. And because there's a salmon stream runs, that runs through Aldergrove. And so anywhere that it goes has to make way for that salmon stream. So, every, you know, and this guy didn't want to do that because it's going to cost like, it's going to cost 150 grand or something like that to do this. And no, but aren't you going to make like millions of dollars? No, anyway, it doesn't matter. So finally, I guess um, they reached some sort of compromise, which usually involves us getting screwed. There is some sort of compromise with the township. And now it's going to be like a 20-story tower in yeah. Aldergrove. And of course, you're like, ugh, well, this is great. And the people are like, oh, it's a place for young people to live. And you're like, no, the young people aren't going to live here. A, it's Aldergrove. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Why are they going there? I mean, I guess a few are moving out there, but no, they're not. And then and then uh, I was talking to someone else, and they said, oh, yeah, I know a couple of people who bought, who bought uh, condos there as investments. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this is for no one then. Yeah. It's just like a, it's just a big giant pyramid scheme yeah. that we're <laughs> victims of. So, oh, well, screw it's it. It's an MF- NFT with a fridge. <laughs> screw, screw us all. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I'm just, but everyone's so excited about it. They're like, oh, this is great. And you're like, great. You know what's great? That big dead mall in the middle of all the groove. That was fantastic. Yeah. You know what else is great about it? Across the street, that old Safeway with the, the arch thing. Yeah. It's now a Celian. That's the best. I love that place. That's great. Oh, it's so ugly. Uh-huh. Yeah. They got what's, rid wrong, of... what's wrong with ugly? Let's get a let's get a wandering fair to come by and set up in the <laughs> oh, uh, parking lot. There was one. Let's that's... get an octopus uh whipping around and go like <laughs> that thing is just rocking back and forth. That is not safe at all. <laughs> has it been has it been secured to the ground? Yeah. What? Is, is their haunted house just a van? Secured I think to they, I think it's just a van. <laughs> How do they yeah. everyone's going into the bathroom and not coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, what is this? The Black Telephone? That's the new movie. You see, what's that? That's the new movie, Black the Black Telephone. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. It's the story of a kid who's got to deal with a landline that uh, <laughs> does not have call display of any kind, and it's terrifying. It's just like, who's calling? Well, you don't know. Just answer the phone. Well, well who is it? I don't know. Just answer it. What? It's the middle of the day. Do you know who the director of that movie is? Nope. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who he, is who directed um, the first Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. That's what he he left Doctor Strange too to do <laughs> that. To do you that should movie. Have, you honestly should have done this. It's just like uh, what 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 uh, doctor show do you do? Who? I'm asking you. What doctor show do you do? Who? I'm telling you. Yeah. And what's and what do you do after that? Strange. Well, I, it is strange that you're not telling me what a doctor show he did. I can't. I can't believe we didn't improvise a rhythm bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I just think it's kind of odd that he he was. Uh, you know, he's going to do Doctor Strange 2, and then he's like, nah, I don't want to do this. I want to make a, this movie, Black the Black Telephone, mm-hmm. which apparently is pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I've read the plot, and it sounds like a good I'm gonna plot. Go, I'm going to go see solid, it. But, solid plot. Yeah. I plan to go see it, but it's. Uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I don't want to make 
this movie. I'm going to make this other movie over here. But then it's also good stunt casting to have like Sam Raimi as your uh, director for uh, Doctor Strange, right? Like that excites people, sure, I think. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I got, well, especially after he hasn't, when, when, uh, hasn't directed a f- MILF. Uh, boy. A MILF? You know what? <laughs> well, I don't think that's true. What welcome, if you. Uh, welcome to Breakfast Radio. Breakfast Sneaky Dragon. I, especially after nine years is what I was trying to say. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't say it, but especially after nine years. No. Without a movie from the, Sam Raimi. The more I think, and I, I should just watch it again, the more I think about Multiverse of Madness again with no uh, spoilers for it, is uh, is uh, that should just be like a standalone movie that you don't connect with anything else. Like, as its own thing, just put it over there, mm-hmm. and as that, that's fine. It pretty much is. You it know, kind of is, because no one acts in character. Like, at all. Like, no one acts in character. Well, has Doctor Strange ever... I mean, he's, he's different in every movie, basically. No one ever seems to know what, what kind of character he is. Yeah, it's like the best version of him, to be honest, was in, like, What If? It was one where he's trying to, like, save his girlfriend's life over and over again. Okay. And kind of gets more and more corrupted. And then also there is another version of him in that yeah, one as well. Yeah. And it's like, that's a really good Doctor Strange story. But because you're, they you're were... right. He's just, like, just casually jokey. <laughs> like seems like ah eh, heck we'll do that yeah. but then he's like no the rules and uh yeah you know Wong's nearby just going what am I doing am <laughs> I your scold or am I your yeah. wild card who goes out and fights the abomination in a fight club type thing in Madripoor <laughs> like what am what am I <laughs> what am, am I the guy what that, are any of us I'm the sorcerer supreme so what. What's my deal? Have I got a big ego? Am I a yeah. humble man? I seem like I'm a humble man at the beginning, and now I'm like a big egotist. And then I'm the guy who gets Shang-Chi. What, what's happening? I like karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, my having learned a little bit more about that movie, I feel like if they're going to do like TV versions of those characters, that they shouldn't have any overlap between the movies and the characters for a while. Like the TV version of them, like, like the... Hawkeye one works quite well because Hawkeye hasn't been in anything. And so that whole thing is just like, it doesn't matter what's happening in that. It is not connected to anything. Whereas with like doing WandaVision and then doing Doctor Strange so close together, you know, and then of course part, the part of the problem was COVID stopped both productions midway through. Right. And like, but I was listening to uh, Blank Check talking about Doctor Strange and they were mentioning that like, um, they were already making Doctor Strange 2 before they'd even started filming WandaVision. Yeah. So there was like no communication between the two camps over what they were doing. Like, so it's like, it just seems crazy to me, like, that they, you know, so no, like, the guys developing Doctor, Doctor Strange didn't know what the guys doing WandaVision were doing. There was no, like, attempt to, they did give, like, kind of general big outline ideas, but, but not specific things. Say so. you're okay. So we're going to go with, like, letting people generally know, since the trailers say this, that she wants her kids. Yeah. Okay. So you're uh, uh, just a Marvel movie watcher. Yeah. You're like, well, what's the deal with uh, with Scarlet Witch? Well, Scarlet Witch uh, was uh, a, gr- a girl yeah. who uh, hated Tony Stark because there was, like, a missile that uh, killed her family. Yeah. And it was Tony Stark's missile, but she survived. And then uh, basically a, a Nazi scientist... Uh, or German scientist for Hydra, not Nazis, but sort of Nazis, uh, experimented on her and Nazi her brother. Nazi adjacent. That's right. Experimented on her and her brother and gave 
her some powers and then she teamed up with an evil robot but then rebelled against the robot and saved the world and Hawkeye you know recruited her to be in the Avengers and she's trying to be the Avengers but she still messes up a little bit yeah. sometimes it doesn't feel like she should be getting the blue she gets but uh, <laughs> but but her whole thing is then she falls yeah. in love with the vision and it's like she's in love with this robot but yeah. like Oh, it's a really beautiful romance. They have a wonderful romance. And then, oh, oh, no, he's killed. Oh, that's it's terrible. Okay, so... Well, so, she kills him. Uh, they kill... He, he accepts his death, and yes, but then uh, Thanos kills him. Kills him, kills him. Uh, I thought that she ha- she kills him, and then Thanos brings time back, and then he kills he him. Takes he, the, yeah, and then he kills him. But she had to kill him first, and then he reverses time, and then... Yeah, she so, had to make the choice to, to, yeah. to kill him. I'm just saying, like, that's a... It's heavier yeah. than just him dying. Like she right. had to kill him and, and then, then watch and then him die. Watch him die another time. <laughs> she did so it in vain. Her big tragedy, yeah. her yeah. big fucking tragedy is yeah. watch the first of all had to kill the person that she loved. By the way, uh, Star Lord does the same thing earlier in 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 whatever the thing, and uh, people are like, "That guy's an asshole." It's like you know what he he also made the same deal with. His girlfriend, where it was like, if Thanos catches me, you've got to kill me. Yeah. Because otherwise the world's going to end. Yeah. And he does. He pulls the trigger. It just happens that Thanos, you know, turned the gun to... Thanos does the same thing. He screws up the noble death situation. Mm -hmm. But both of them made the ultimate sacrifice for, you know, like the person they love. Anyway, so her her arc is, I watched the person I love die twice. And she's a a mess. She went through this whole thing. Okay, and then we see her in uh, Multiverse of Madness. I want my kids. What What are you talking about? When did you have uh, When did you have kids? And that story is just so complicated. And it's like, well, she's gonna. Her big thing is like the vision. Mm-hmm. No, no, there's no mention. There's yeah, one there's mention. one one mention. Mention of the vision of just like, yeah. what do you know about the multiverse? Uh, vision uh, had some thoughts on it. He thought it was dangerous. Yeah. Oh. Even she just says Viz. So even if if you didn't know who Viz yeah. is, you're just like, like all right, <laughs> what? Yeah. Now let me let me just go with this idea instead for that because that makes no sense then the character wise just like all of a sudden you know what I want my dog back what what dog what are you talking about well there was a TV series and <laughs> there was a thing was a, yeah, yeah, okay yeah. so what's the deal so she has a dog no she had a dream she had a dog okay oh, so it's not a real dog eh, it might be a real dog might not be a real dog but she wants the dog back oh well how did she get the dog well she just kind of made it oh can she make the dog again yeah. Well, what's the fucking problem? Like, what's none of this makes sense at all. No problem it makes sense. But what what you need in the movie is uh, Vision to show up at some point, and uh, and then you know uh, is she going through a bad patch? How far gone is she? She hurts the Vision intentionally, not because they made the decision, not because you know it was the only choice, but because she wants something. He's in her way. This was this was her turning point. Was her love for this character. Her hurting the vision would be, oh, she's gone now, man. Yeah. She's she's lost it. We now know for sure. Instead, we get, you know, a big pack of randos. Yeah. Just like, who are these? I don't know. All right. There they go. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah, sort of. They'll make good action figures. They sure will. But it feels like, where's the fucking vision? What are you doing? It makes no, no sense at all not to bring the vision in. But isn't he dead? So? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, he's well, de- yes, dead. yes, and no, he's, he's, but also we're in a multiverse of madness. More important than him being dead is his contract is up. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but you know, you're in a multiverse of like all these different realities where all these different things exist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so in one of these realities, husband probably is still around, like you're the person you love. 
What about them? Nothing. No big deal. Also, you want the kids. Who's the dad? What are you talking about? Who's who's the dad of the kids that you find? Who's that? Is that Vision? If not, who's that? Who are you, who are, who's the other you in love with? What's going on? <laughs> now this makes sense. Throw can at floor. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, according to the multiverse yeah. idea, there doesn't have to be sense in the in that universe. It just is. Like somewhere in somewhere in this multitudinous amount yeah. of universes, yeah. there is a scarlet. There is a not a scarlet witch, but a whatever her name is, Wanda. Wanda with children from you know. who? Well, it doesn't matter. It does because uh, uh, she had kids. She created. She created them. She created she didn't, kids. She didn't actually have them with Vision. Like no. Vision did not impregnate her. No. And their genetic makeup made two children. She just so created she just, them out of whole cloth. Made, she made up some kids. Yeah. Okay, because she has the power yeah. to make up some kids. Yeah. Okay. So now we go into the other, uh, another... She dreamed up some kids. Fair enough. So we go into another reality. Where, and, where uh, your dreams exist, are real in some, other, in some oh, other world. Okay. So we go into another reality. Yeah. And in this other reality, you've got uh, Wanda. Yeah. And you think, that, oh, this is a Wanda without power. No, she's got powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the same powers as Wanda? Yeah. yeah. The power to make kids? Yep. And she's got some kids? Yeah. So why do you think they're not made up kids? Because <laughs> we've just established that, point. right? That's a good point. You know, and also, you know, so and and no question there at all about just like is Vision around? Is 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 he here? Well, I wonder if they did they even like. So I guess the bit the broad strokes that uh, Remy and Michael Waldron is that his name, the guy who wrote it, mm-hmm. were given were like okay, like so Wanda's gonna be living in and she's gonna have kids. And they're like, oh okay, and then. She, she loses the kids, or what happens with the kids? Like, yeah, did she have? She loses the kids. Did she adopt these kids? Are these kids like? Do they have yeah. parents? Also, by the way, the kids in Wanda's world, yeah, uh, like our world, uh, they got superpowers. Do these kids have superpowers? The kids in Wanda's world have superpowers. In WandaVision, yeah, they have superpowers. That's not our world, anyway. By the way, what? WandaVision isn't our world. No. The Marvel Universe is not on our world, right? It's like Earth 918 oh, or something okay, like right. that. Fair enough. All right. But the world that we know is the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, her kids have powers. Mm. You know, one is fast and one has kind of magic powers. I see. Okay. So uh, we're now on this other uh, world uh, with, the, with the kids. Yeah. And Wanda has powers. Yeah. So there's powers in this world. Okay. Do the kids have powers? Because it's weird that the, like, the one like, kid wouldn't run away, mm. you know, as when, the, when this danger shows up. Like, do they? And it's just like, you just didn't look at, like, you didn't look at nothing. But they have to protect their mom. All right, with your powers. That's where they're throwing all the cushions at her. Yeah, it's great. You know what? <laughs> you're, you're a freaking warlock. Use those powers. That'd work. If, they, if like, they do have powers. Or maybe they like hit her, you know, with like a thousand pillows because you're super speed. Maybe they don't have powers in that world. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they don't bring it up. Like, they don't but care. They don't, maybe they, once again. They don't bring anything up. Nothing makes sense. Did they know about the powers, though? That's the question. Like, they didn't know this stuff. So it's not, like, if you, if you, if the story is that they, they were only given the broad strokes of the story, then there's going to be details that they didn't know about. And yeah. one of those details is probably, like, did the kids have magic powers? Because yeah, it's yeah. only near the end of the, the thingy that they show them, right? I guess. I don't know. It's so, yeah, it's rather odd. And the kids, by the way, like are in WandaVision, are aging up. And mm-hmm. like they are in multiple ages. Yeah. But like in this reality, uh, they are the ages, like they're, they're older. Yeah. Like, okay, are there any with like younger? Did they age up? Did these kids age in real time? Doctor Strange 2. Pizza's mul- a multiverse, ball. <laughs> the okay. multiverse of madness is, is probably the most like DC entry of, of the, uh, 
of the Marvel Universe. Yep. You know, like it's it basically is. it's basically like an auteur. It's a DC driven, movie, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way because there are DC movies that I like a lot, but I just mean it's you know it's just auteur driven rather than produ- production driven. Oh, I was thinking plot wise as well. Okay. Because a, 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 a two okay two DC things. One D, a DC thing is uh, we're going to kill a bunch of characters. That's a DC thing. DC loves to kill their characters. Like mm-hmm. crazy. Then they'll bring back one like a different form or something. Yeah, shit. yeah. Uh, but the other DC plot they love to do is uh, uh, well, like what the, characters did they kill in? Uh... Well, like if you look at like Crisis, that the killed like almost everybody. They killed all. These oh no, characters. sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Doctor Strange. Like, who do they? We're talking about like the yeah the Illuminati characters. And the, yeah, are those like real characters? I thought they were just made up characters. They were just thrown around for the for the fun of it. Well, how do you mean made up? Well, just like female Captain America instead of being normal Captain America like that we we're used to, or the Captain Britain now and stuff like that. Like right. Well, she's well, it's Captain Carter, but yeah, she's. Uh, She's from like uh, what if they've done other things with her? Okay, you know there's a Cap, yeah Cap Marvel's friend and sure. whatnot, and another guy from you know a TV show that no one liked, but that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then you know uh, another character from a, a TV show people did like that was a cartoon. It's all like oh look at them, that's nice. You guys own these characters. Here they are, and then we're gonna kill them. And that's what they do a lot in DC. Mm. You know, if there's a big DC crossover, usually involving multiple realities, yeah. That's what you know they like doing, and I guess right. that's what I guess that gives you that kind of uh, you can do that because they're just they're just alternate versions yeah. of other characters. You just so. killed Wonder Woman. What? Oh, but we killed the Wonder Woman from World War Two. <laughs> that's right. All right, F- fine. But the yeah. moral dilemma that they go with, and they did this with like Identity Crisis and stuff, is uh, the heroes get together and they uh, they go, "We've got no choice." We gotta kill some, or we gotta do something unethical. We gotta do something really unethical. Mm-hmm. So they do something unethical, and then that corrupts everything, and then everything falls apart later yeah. on. And yeah. that's like a real, you know, thing mm-hmm. that they do uh, a lot at DC. Sure, you know, they like to, but also they, part of the Raimiverse anyway. So Raimi's going to bring that uh, sensibility to any movie he does, really. Right. My my problem with that, and again, all right, this is tiny Swedish, uh, but like <laughs> uh, the Illuminati do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, they have bad consequences later. But I would like them to have underlined that doing the thing that they did was the problem. That you went, we've got to kill somebody because uh, that's our only choice. Well, that's your flaw. Yeah. And that's what's screwing everything up now mm-hmm. because you made that wrong choice. That's the flaw. Not, you know, that you looked in a magic book and that was the bad thing because, oh, don't read the book. It's like, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's you. you. You yourself, without reading a book uh went uh we can't do anything else so we've got to like uh you know uh, take a life hmm. nope nope you got to find another way around it and that's why i liked you know the most recent spider-man movie where you know dr strange was laying down he got no choice we got just like they got to die and which Spi- and- that movie is supposed to come out after dr strange too Oh, that would have been good then. So yeah, that's that's one of the one of the yeah. COVID problems. Yeah, but like, but Spider Man's like, no, we're not we're not letting them die. Yeah. Well, it could end the the world. We got no choice. Well, we have a choice. We're gonna not kill them. It's like, no, no, we're no, we're gonna kill them. No, nope. all right, because you know he's a better character than than yeah. Doctor Strange, probably. Yeah. You know, and he, he knows that's not what you do, and that's what saves the day. So I wonder if WandaVision was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange two. Hmm. And if that would have made it make more make more sense as a movie, and so her reaction is sort of like um, some sort of like 
reaction to vi- to the vision dying and kind of creating her own fat like wanting to have a family and having had this dream of these children that's unrelated to you know so that that reality exists anyway mm-hmm. and she's just tapping into it by dreaming of the this idea of the multiverse being like in your dreams being the reality mm-hmm. and so then WandaVision is a continuation of that story in that she then you know oh she I don't want to spoil things but yeah. then she ends up in this town uh, where she recreates herself, yeah. you know, recreates what she lost or what she tried to have but couldn't have, and then recreates it herself, and then goes through that story, which is more of a, of a, um, you know, redemption story, WandaVision. Yeah. You know, that would make more sense to me if that was the intent, ri- the intended original ver- um, order of things to come out, but it kind of got messed up by. Here's, here's the super fucking drag about it. It's like I actually would have liked uh, the plot now that I'm thinking about it to be. You know, Wanda can't stand reality. She creates a dream reality. Mm-hmm. And and then you directly go like, and that dream reality is destroying real reality because both can't exist at once. And Wanda's got to so give th- in up. In division, you mean? Yeah, in division, or mm. in a movie or so what happened. rather than having like Agatha Harkness show up and that being the, yeah. the, the ending, because it's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and they have a big fight and it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, sh- she... You've got a villain, but we've already got a villain. Mm-hmm. Well, you got well, it's a better plot to have the hero realize they're the villain mm. and then have to do something about it. Sure, but sure. like you know, I'd go with the idea that yeah, she's uh, she creates a dream world, uh, and it's hurting people. She learns that, but she's also going to destroy reality because reality and dream world can't exist at the same time. Mm. So she's got to make the sacrifice of those that she loves, uh, and the world that she loves for the world in general. And so, yeah, that that's an interesting kind of plot to go with. But they do not, uh, they do not do that. <laughs> uh, they they instead do something which I think is real shit. Uh, the more I think about it, which is this, you know, the old uh, it, they go straight Eve, you know, uh, with this, which is just like, you know, the dark hold is uh, the tree uh, with the apple, and it's uh, don't whatever you do, don't eat the apple because the apple is knowledge. And lady, you can't handle the knowledge. And she does, and that ruins everything. And so she opens the book and is reading the book, and the book is so evil. Well, all the all the redemption that she's had and all the things that she's gone through and all the things she's fixed psychologically with herself and come to terms with, fuck it. The book is powerful. You can't handle it. The book's evil. Now you're evil. The end. And it's just like, fuck. But what are you talking about? The show or the movie? Both. Okay. Because that's where it's go that's where it's going. Like Yeah, but it's not just her. How so? Doctor Strange also has the same has the same, same thing happen to him. Like he goes in, evil from the book. From the book, yes, yes, that's the character that he confronts mm. in that one in the cloudy reality or whatever. Right. So it's not just it's not just only affecting her. It's affecting him. So it's a, I guess it's an Adam and Eve story. Then I guess mm. yeah. So it, you know because the idea that it happens to the character who gets killed in the one world and it happens to the character who is. Um, you know, just living in some kind of destroyed reality, which apparently is his fault. Yeah. Through the through through that book, The Darkhold, and yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, she, yeah. So it's not just. I mean, way you're re- making the your reading is what's like the, what's both of their story like? Are, are are either of their stories different? Like, did both of them use the Darkhold for noble reasons? They, tr- they yes, but they yes. couldn't handle it, and yeah. both of them went evil because that's of a, it. that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's the same story. That's dull. I don't know if it's dull. I mean, I think they're just looking for parallels. And I think also, I mean, if your objection is, oh, it's just the Eve story. You know, the woman is bad because she seeks knowledge. Well, it's shared. It's a shared sin that both men and women are, are you know, looking if they're searching for, looking for, you're 
searching for what they shouldn't know or what's right. or ways to do what they shouldn't do, you know. And yeah, sometimes knowledge is not great. So, but yeah. I don't think knowledge in itself should be evil. Like, and and that that would then instantly corrupt you, and now you're beyond redemption or like close to it. Sure, you know, just like well, you- let's just call it like the atomic uh, bomb, you know, sin, right? Like. Once you make that, once you make take that knowledge and make it reality, then you have to deal with the the evil fallout of your of your actions. So, though you know, if you're going with you know atomic energy or nuclear energy or whatever, I'm not talking about energy. I'm talking about the bomb. But yeah, yeah, but can you then use that power, you know, to say for for good later on and not use the bomb because we have not. You know, since we used it, we've lived under we've lived under the uh, threat the threat of it the yes. threat of yeah, it sure and you know sure. there is there is to a degree an argument to be made yeah. that because there is the threat of of the bomb mm-hmm. there's been less war because we can't have a war because if we had a war it would be the last war so easy tiger you can't have another there's been lots of war. war there's been, lots there's of been war. a lot of war but there hasn't been a war like. <laughs> There hasn't been a war like, you know, uh, World War One. There hasn't been a war sure. where it's just like, send yeah. everyone to the slaughter. And no, it's true. You can't. For, but for, I mean, for an inch of land. I mean, even even outside of the, the atom bomb, there's lots of reasons why you can't have those kind of huge land wars now. But uh, So you're yeah. taking the atomic bomb as like, that's completely evil. And there's no, there's no good. I mean, that's an argument to be made for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting parallel. Yeah, I think it's a small. Like, I, to, to me, I feel like it's a small. Like it, it's not small. You, no, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's small. a small. It's a small-minded <laughs> uh, uh, story uh, that goes with the idea of this is a book. The book is evil. Anyone that touches this book turns evil. It's mm-hmm. just evil, evil, evil. Like to me, that's. That's small thinking. It's because, like, I think anything could be used for for good, or uh, any knowledge has like another side to it. There's no there's no knowledge that's completely good. There's no knowledge that's completely evil. Mm-hmm. And so that there's a book that's just completely evil works in a in a small little horror movie where you want to like, oh, this is the Necronomicon ex mortis. Yeah. You know, all right. And uh, once it's opened, uh, then boo, you say words from it and then demons show up. And yeah. it's like, all right, that's fine. That'll move your plot along. But if you're going with the idea of these were heroes, these are people who have to make ethical decisions. Yeah. These are people that deal with power, great amounts of power already, mm. uh, and have to make moral decisions based on the power. And then they were exposed to this book. They can't handle it. Nope, that's the end. They're, they're just bad. I don't know. That seems cheap. That's a cheap uh, That's a cheap plot thing. That's a boring way to go. It's I don't too, think it, it's I, too easy. To That's just like, oh, poof, you're evil. Yeah. Because you read a book. Boo. No, I don't think so. I think like most people, yes. But then, all right, maybe you can handle, you know, this and figure something out. I know you're stronger than, you know, uh, maybe. this dark knowledge, than this demon. Sure. Than this demon Scython or well, what have you. Well, don't worry, because there's, it's, little, it's little steps to, to, the big, to the big problems. So, yeah. you know, Sinner Pride, I can handle this. This book's nothing. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange, I think, would be a good example of the, a prideful person who thinks very highly of himself, you know. And I think what I think what that movie is mostly about is I think I said it a long time ago. It's just like can this Doctor Strange be better than those Doctor Stranges? You oh, know, you just gave me a better idea for this. Movie. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Well, I'm no, I'm just done. I mean, I, you know, I think throughout the film, it's just examples of bad choices made by other Doctor Stranges sure. that he avoids, and he also does use the Darkhold and is able to 
I mean, he does get some some uh, uh, outcome, but he does use it to yeah, and and is good, you know, and avoids the obvious bad choice that's presented to him at the end of the movie. I'm trying not to be the spoiler here, yeah, 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 yeah. but he does a you know, he's the one doctor who doesn't make the bad choice, you know, and and the so easy choice, the to, easy was, choice that was similar to the choice that the Illuminati made, yeah. And which, that, you've and, got, which is the choice that you have no choice, and that another version of himself also made. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna even, I'm gonna say that one more time. I think, he, yeah, he made the choice of like choosing that he had a choice, mm-hmm. whereas the the thing that made the other ones kind of dark and evil was, well, I've got no choice. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you, once you throw up, once your hands you make go, an easy choice, or you not even an easy choice, but just go, there's no choice. This is the only thing we can do. <laughs> you know, you're well, super, that, you're Superman and Man yeah, of yeah. Steel. I gotta kill Zod. I got no choice. <laughs> it's like, nope. Once you do that, now yeah. we're going down a bad road yeah but yeah. here's where here's where i would uh go then i mean now. it depends on your but, hero okay you know like i think there's some heroes not heroes necessarily but some super powered people who okay. can make those kind of choices and it works for their character superman that doesn't work like it doesn't feel like superman if he's having to kill someone in order to affect what he's trying to do that's not in superman's nature you know wolverine can do something like that mm-hmm. and you're like well that's that guy that's wolverine he's also know? got a very small amount of power but he's, he's also <laughs> well. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, but Superman. Superman you know, has a Rolodex of powers Superman, that he can like go. To. Yes, and he's also like this sort of ultimate idea of goodness. Yeah. Have you not tried your super ventriloquism yet? Because <laughs> you do have that. You do have that. And that would perhaps be distract Zod. That would have freaking worked. Distract Zod into looking and climbing you're, into a box. You're not wrong. Like, <laughs> like that actually would work. Like if you had him with super ventriloquism, and like Zod's gonna like zap a guy, and then you just like have you know a voice coming from the other side. It's like, who's that? I was like, now, get him. I, I hope his super ventriloquism is better than that. Hey, knucklehead. What are you, some I'm, kind of stupid head? I'm over here. Yeah, you're over here. Oh, you can't Well, here's where, here's where I would go then with, yeah. uh, with uh, and this is a completely different plot. So this is not <laughs> a spoiler saying. because, yeah. there, we say that and then we like dump like 10 spoilers. Um, <laughs> but here, here's, here's a non-spoiler, yeah. which is, What's the difference between Wanda Maximoff and and Doctor Stephen Strange? Doctor Stephen Strange grew up rich, mm-hmm. grew up uh, prideful, uh, grew Privileged, up thinking, yeah. yeah, grew up thinking he's the only one, as as like his girlfriend says, who can hold the scalpel. Yeah. He's the only one who can do the job. Mm-hmm. Whereas Wanda grew up poor, like dirt poor, and 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 has just been trying to make the right decisions as she goes along. But every stage of the way, she's like, I can't do this. And Hawkeye's got to go, look, you're going to make a choice. You're going to go out that door. And if you go out that door, you're an Avenger. But you can not go out that door. It's up to you. But she's doubtful. She's not, I'm the only one who can save the day. Fuck no, not yeah. at all. When, when uh, they're fighting... You know all the uh, Wakandans. She's with Vision. You know it's. You know later they ask like, why wasn't she on the front lines? Because she doesn't think she can be on the front lines. She's humble. Mm-hmm. You know she's she's just gradually getting into these powers and and doing the best she can as she goes along. But she's 
I don't know. I hurt some people. I should not fight anymore. I quit, you know, because I because I injure some people. I'm not I'm not good. I'm not the one who can uh, win the win the battle. So she's humble. So when they're both exposed to the dark hold, she she does not have that sin of pride that Doctor Stephen Strain has Strange has, and maybe that's what the dark hold feeds on is your sins, builds on them, and uh, and uses that to trap you with her. It's just. Because uh, if you're going with the idea of what happened in WandaVision, the last thing she hears is her kids asking her for help, calling for help. So it's like, I want to help my kids. I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. But I fucked up majorly recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm humbled. I'm as humbled as I can be. I saw, I saw the worst thing that I could do and the worst thing that I could be. And I don't think I'm good at this. But here we go. I got to save my kids. And that is what leads her to her success. Because, yeah. She knows she's because she's humble and he's prideful. The end. And then Doctor Strange learns from her and goes, oh, shit. I thought I was hot shit. And that's what's fucking things up. It's my ego. I got to I got to humble up, which works with the story that his girlfriend was telling him about. You got to not be the one with the scalpel. He hands her the scalpel because she's better than him. And he realizes that. And doing that, he loses his sin of pride. And now he can do shit and they can, like, beat the evil. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what they do in the movie. <laughs> Either way is good. I, I enjoyed the film. So. That's fine. It's good to enjoy the movie. That's fine. I just think plot-wise, it could have uh, worked better with the themes that they had. It's interesting that, that the guy who wrote it, not only did he write Loki, the series Loki, for, but he also is a, he's a Rick and Morty guy. Which apparently that show has been rated by Marvel for a variety of different projects. Sure. Uh, all the writers and stuff like that have been... Have been uh, sorry for taking out uh, candies. Yeah, what's going on here? It's a, must be a fire in the room. Yeah, there you go. That Valley Village isn't the only thing that burned down in the neighborhood. The Sneaky Dragon Studios. Okay, um, we were, oh, I was gonna say one thing more. I was gonna say something about Valley Valley Village, please. Which is the Valley Village in Langley burned down quite a few years ago now, about twenty years. They ago? gotta stop accepting oily rags. Yes, that's a problem. Well, I think it's just they usually they take over old buildings. Yeah. They don't build their own buildings. They they just find some strip mall that has like an old grocery store that's no longer being used or whatever, and then they just move into it, you know. And then so it's it comes pre-equipped with mouse chewed uh, yes. electrical wires and stuff like that. The thing I always think about with um with the Valley Village in 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 Langley was I think about two weeks before I went in at that time I was going my uh, the psychologist I was going to was. Uh, in Langley. So before I would go to my session, I would go in a little early and I'd go uh, record scouring it to oh, cool. Valley Village. And I found this Judy Sill album there, which I always wanted to have one of her records. This is before they were available on CD. And so I'd only ever heard about her and never heard her. And so I found this album at Valley Village. And I was so happy and I bought it. And then two weeks later, the store burned down. I was like, thank God I was there to get it like two weeks ago. Because I doubt it would have been, it would have sold to anybody at that time. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how many people had stuff that was in there. Like, I should get that. Mm. Now I'll get it later. It'll yeah, be yeah. Well, like, no. you shouldn't think that anyway for at Valley Village. No. I one time saw a. Uh, it was like a Vox Continental organ, the kind that had like the 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 white keys were black and the black keys were white. Okay. And just like one of these little sixties uh, one, and it was they wanted ninety nine dollars for it. What is it? A multiverse of madness? Yeah. <laughs> they want they wanted ninety nine bucks for it now. So that kind of made me pause because I don't have ninety nine dollars all the time. And also, I, I can't play the organ. So that would have been like, I'm going to buy this thing I can't play. But it was missing one key. One of the keys had broken on it. So I was like, ah, $99 for that. And then I didn't buy it. And 
you know, later on that day, I was like, am I insane? And so I went back like a couple of days later to see if it was still there. And it, of course it was gone because I'm an idiot. I should have jumped on it, but I didn't. And that's my problem. I remember I was with a friend and we were going uh, to lunch and um, and we passed by this uh, desk that someone left in the alley. Mm. And it was this really pretty desk. And uh, she said, oh, you got that desk. That's a great desk. I was like, it'll be there. We get back. Of course, a dummy. <laughs> it's a great desk. Yeah, but yeah. I just believe no one else is going to be interested in this desk. Yeah, who else yeah. wants a desk? Ah, oh, fuck, right. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone wants a desk. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like that organ. I guess it would have was obviously popular in the '60s. You know, it's probably on like question mark in the Mysterians, 96 tiers or whatever. But then also. It was popular in the New Wave era as, you know, behind like Elvis Costello and people like that, you know, the parping organ sound of, uh, of uh, you know, I don't want to go to Chelsea and whatnot. And so even if I couldn't play it, it still would have been cool just to have, just to fool around with and make noises. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, you can tell right now, like I'm still <laughs> still mad at myself. <laughs> Low these, I think the, this is before the girls were even born that I saw it. So it's well, long time ago. Uh, in place at, uh, at the Valley Village that burned down that one. Oh, there was one there. Yeah, no, no, the Valley Village that burned down. You're talking yours. Yeah, what, what got what built rebuilt in its place? It actually was a Valley Village. They just rebuilt the building and, and oh, okay. kept, stayed there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you never know. It might it might stay on. All right. I was talking to my I was talking to my neighbor who because I've noticed him just being around the house the last little while, and I was talking to him, and he has I knew he had some heart problems, so he's been off work because of heart heart ailments, right. and uh, just kind of slowly getting better from that, but. He wasn't kind to himself for a long time, and uh, you know, smoked and drank, and and uh, but I said, uh, I said, oh, did you retire from your job? Because no, the, my the company I work for closed down. I was like, oh, because I know that they he was they were made um, containers, and I was like, well, the world needs containers. Like, there's no shortage of the need for containers. Like, how come they shut down? He says, oh, well, the owners were offered 120 million dollars for the property, so. Uh, of course, they closed the place down and took yeah. took the money. They just happened to buy in like this perfect location. It, when they when it was put there, there was nothing there, right? It was just like near the Fraser River on River Road, you know, just like a out of the way place full of like you know old warehouses and stuff like that. But then they built that new uh, highway through there, uh, kind of for for the trucks to go to the to the coal coal port for Delta Port, and and so that has driven the value up of all that land up through the through the roof so yeah we could keep running a business making containers and making an okay living yeah, yeah. we're doing fine or we could cash out now and everyone we know in our lives can be living high in the hog so what what choice do you have the obvious one yeah so i think um, i was i was thinking the other day you know because we always had a little bit of like er and er from our neighbors to either side of us yeah and it's like never clear what that's about mm. like you know since we moved in like three years ago and I, we thought like only oh, they're friends with the people that were yeah, yeah. for us and so maybe that was bad blood or something like that yeah. um but uh but my suspicion is this uh that uh that when i when i looked back on google and saw what this house used to look like before okay. it got rebuilt okay um, it was not a great looking house. Sure. I'm thinking like, oh, I think they were hoping like uh, that someone would buy like all the houses in a row as they do in this kind okay. of neighborhood. Okay. And then put something put something up. But mm. because the house in the middle is not game for it, uh, <laughs> it's stopping them from selling their places mm. and cashing out. Maybe. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know it's if this, this area is... Has there been zoned for, for multi? I think there's... I think... Well... 
I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't like uh, actually say that, but because mm. yeah. they tend to do that closer to the major roads yeah, yeah. and then leave the houses for the. Yeah, we're know. also going to be getting like a sky train over on Hastings soon. Oh, so you know that will the the, the times they are a. Bleh, <laughs> That will bring that will bring changes. Yeah. So I'm just I'm enjoying the little shops uh, while I can. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Little grocery stores and little uh, little places. Yeah. I know it's weird. Like I was driving here. I was. I, we actually came into town last night. We went to the the Princeton pub because Lisa's cousin. Put that in quotation marks because he's not actually her cousin, but they grew up together. Their families okay. were. She and her her mom met her cousin's mom. Uh, when they were nursing together, they nursed together. Oh, okay. Here in Vancouver at a hospital that is now long gone. But uh, so they've grown up together and everything. So he was retiring from his job after 41 years there. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Can you imagine going to a job, starting a job, you're 24 years old, and then you're there for 41 more years. I have changed my job every 10 years, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I could see if I like if I stayed with the theater sports the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and there are people there, or were people there, that were there for like 35 but years. But wouldn't you hate yourself? Wouldn't you be like, I should leave? Yeah. <laughs> but it's that's one of the reasons I left, but yeah. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, oh, it's so nice here, you're complacent. Yeah, so he was... Well, it depends. If you if your job is, you know, yeah. a job that's just a job, then why? What do you want to... You want to go do a job over there? Because mm. why? Like, if this is a job... I, th- I think that's money. it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, once you're, you know, what's, you what's know the, the job, you know, you know, you, they know you, you know, you know your job. And yeah, if it's not like an ambition thing of like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to wor- work my way through the ranks. I know I just want to like be here, do my job, yeah. go home. That's fine. Then. Yeah, I think that's all it was, that's what it was for him. Then and working for the Apple factory is the same as working for the Orange factory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he worked at the greenery down on, on, on by the, by the uh, Broad Inlet. Right. Oh, and he embezzled as well. Clearly. Yeah, great. Because you worked there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. has, uh, we often wonder why he had his own silo at his house. Yeah. Like, it is a suburb, suburban house. And he goes, like, what's in, what's in the silo? And he'd go, <laughs> pornography. I'm like, what? Can I look? And it's like, no, it's pornography. Yeah, no. That's my no personal pornography. I see grain that... coming out of it. No, that's just a squirrel mm. uh, that is, like, eating some of the pornography. <laughs> and dropping nuts. So, yeah, that's what happens to squirrels when they read pornography. They drop nuts. So, anyway, so he had a, it's one of those things, like, we got there about 7 o'clock. By the way, Dave, hmm. you, know, you know, pornographic magazines these days have yeah. lots of crazy names. <laughs> they do. Like, there's this one called We. Oh, what? Yeah, We, and uh, there's another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do we read that one? We. Which one do we read? We do. Um, so, he, so, so, he had, um, we got there about 7 o'clock. At night, like last night, at least I just wanted to go down to say congratulations. And they were basically inhabiting the Princeton pub for the day there. So he'd been there since two in the afternoon. Okay. We got there at five. No, sorry, at seven. We got there five hours later. Okay. Sorry, I said five. I was thinking five hours. We got there at seven. So yeah, he had five hours of, of pre-drinking before he saw us. Like, okay. So yeah, he the Guinness was flowing when we got there. Everyone was drinking black beer. And Healthy, though. Because, well, because they're they're Gaelic, like they're very Scottish. Yeah. Uh, um, they say it's people. like eating a loaf of bread, <laughs> you know, and nothing that's healthier that's, than eating a whole well, loaf that's of the bread. Thing. Like, like <laughs> he goes, David, do you want something to drink? He says, I know you don't drink, but you can get like a cranberry or something. Like that. And I said, Oh, I'll have a Coke. He's like, a Coke. I said, Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lot of sugar. 
I'm like, what are you drinking? He's holding this giant black Guinness thing in beside, right by my head. What do you mean a lot of sugar? I know there's a lot of sugar in Coke, but what are you? You're, this is, that's fermented sugar you're drinking there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of funny just uh, and then he was telling us, he's going like, yeah. And so the, he says, the gal who's taking over from me, I was showing her the ropes today. I took around and I was showing her like what vents to open and what things to shut. And, and he described it like that. And I was like, that was your job? Like you just went around and opened. Mm. I thought you were like, uh, I always thought he was like um, a machinist. Like, or did like, um, what do they call those people who fix the machines? The, the machines yeah. break down and they go in and they. I used to there's know a, a guy who would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mill rate. A mill rate is yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, when the machines break down, they, he would go in and fix them. And so that's what I assumed his job. But I didn't know he just, like, sat in a chair until a, a vent needed to be opened. So, anyway, 41 years. But there was a poster there that said uh, the, the, the myth, the legend, you know, because he'd been there for so long. I guess, I guess he was the guy, you know, the go-to guy. If you want to know, A, how to cl- open and close vents, <laughs> B, like, all the stories of, of, the, of that place and all the history of it, then he would be the one to go yeah. to. Uh, he's also a Yeti. He's he's big. He's taller than I am, and uh, he's a big guy. So he's about six four, bigger than me, like a big husky, good uh, good Scotsman. Now he has a he has a big full beard now as well. So, and then he was saying uh, he's getting married again. He he's he uh, his, his first wife got divorced a little while ago, and so he's it's been a, it's a while. But anyway, he's getting remarried, and he's saying uh, his uh, fiance. He said you know said suggested you know that maybe she, they should get married. And he said sure that sounds like a good idea. And she. He says, when do you want to do it? And she's like, well, how about August? He's like, August? That's like three months away. How are we going to let people know? She goes, well, we're not going to have that many people there. Well, you might not be having many people there. I'm going to have a lot of people there. I have, you know, including Lisa in this, you know, like I have important people in my life. He's giving her a big hug, big drunken hug. You get to go to a wedding. Yay. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Yeah. Can I, can I sneakily use my phone during it? Do Wordle? Sure you can. Yeah. Save up. I was up, trying to look up which uh, has more sugar. I'll save up Coke six or, or seven uh, days Coke of. Uh, <laughs> I'll save up six or seven days of Wordles and do them all at once. <laughs> yeah, you get to go to a wedding. You get to like stand around. You get to have a meal. That's good. You get to sit down. Get to watch them get married. That's good. Dance a bit. It's pretty good. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I did okay at Wordle today, but I killed on the box office game. Wordle seems to be, by the way, lately just being. Like it feels like they're trying to be jerks. Like and and so you got to. It's totally random, apparently. But oh, really? Because it really does feel like you know. (laughs) Come on, guys. You just you're just trying to be dinks here. Like it's not a word that would be in common use at all. It's just like right. This is you just trying trickery. Some some are like that. Skullduggery. This is uh, nonsensical. I don't mind those words. It's words that I don't think are real. Like gamer. That's when that's when I really get. Mm. I get irate. Gamer? What kind of word is this? I just made that up yesterday. I don't want this in my Wordle game. That's right. It's game me or nothing. <laughs> uh, but you did well in 1984? Yeah. 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 That's my, that's my uh, sweet spot. We went uh, down a list of like all the movies from 1984, and it was just ridiculous. The sheer amount of movies that were in 1984 that were like uh, good, you were mean. popular. Not, Not just, even good. Just like, <laughs> good artists, just movies you remember? Yeah, it's like, let me, let me, let me look at it. Because it does get, it, it's ridiculous. Well, the thing that I thought was ridiculous was the other day, they were, it, was, it was for 80, was, I think it was also 84. Maybe not 84, maybe, anyway, 82 maybe. But Raiders of the Lost Ark was still in the, was still in the top five at 38 weeks. Yeah. 38 weeks sure. still in the theaters. 
Like, even if a movie's popular now, it's not in the theaters no, that long. No. Like, Maverick. It's very popular. It's obviously made a lot of money. But we got to get it to it's the... Gotta, yeah, get it out of here. Let's get it to the... the streaming. Get it to the streaming real and fast. That was something I was thinking about. What I, I wanted to talk to you about before, before oh, the show do. started. Yeah, was yeah. I was just thinking, like, Maverick is an example. I guess Blade Runner 2049 is an example okay. of sequels that come way, way after the original movie. Sure, sure. And I was trying to think of, the, like... Which one would be the longest, like the most amount of time between? Uh, last Picture Show. Uh, that 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 was a long time. But well, Texasville. Texasville, but Last Picture Show was seventy. Texasville was ninety four. Okay, so that's like twenty years. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, well, okay, eighty four and the most recent Ghostbusters movie. So. But there was already a sequel before that. There was already there's Ghostbuster two. Which was like in what eighty seven? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's even go eighty nine. So that's still. That's I'm just talking still, about the second sequel, not the like not a, not a oh, continuing one. I see what one. you're saying. I see what you're Because like, there's only one Top Gun before Maverick. There's only one Blade Runner before 2049. Okay, and we're not counting Firewalk with Me and uh, no, no, that's a TV show. That's, that's a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, she, uh, oh boy. Oh boy. That's not very many, I guess. Yeah, the second one. I mean, uh, we got the later Terminators and whatnot. Uh, Blade Runner. Oh yeah, this is tricky. <laughs> this is considerably tricky. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty, to I guess it's pretty rare. What nostalgia thing showed up? And what's it, what's to me is remarkable about both both Maverick Tron. Yeah, Tron's a good one. Yeah, Tron's a good one. But Tron kind of falls out because what what I think is remarkable about Maverick and Twenty Forty Nine is both as how good both those films are. Uh, mm. The problem with Twenty Forty Nine. In terms of being a sequel, is that it's not completely standalone, which Maverick is practically. You don't need to have seen Top Gun to enjoy Maverick. No, it's enjoyable on its own. Like the girls. Yeah, you get that it's like uh, this older guy. Yeah, like I went with the girls and Lisa, and Lisa and I had seen it. Lisa and I, we had never seen it until we watched it for for fansplainers. Mm-hmm. And I remember Lisa just getting up and leaving <laughs> three quarters of the movie because she got tired, so she was not enjoying it. I wasn't either, but I couldn't go to sleep. But um, I had work to do. But uh, the girls had never seen it, and they really li- enjoyed it, Maverick. They really liked it, and I just but you didn't because you didn't need to be connected to the like nothing was like you know. Yeah, Tron was twenty eight years. Okay, that's a long time. Uh, Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, was twenty years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, uh, Mad Max. But that was a that was the trilogy. That's right? the trilogy. Yeah, that's yeah. The problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fury Road kind of falls outside of that. Right. So. Yeah, you got your Blade Runner. Oh. Okay, that's that's a good point. Uh, Mary Poppins. Mm. Mary Poppins returns fifty four years. Oh my God, that's that's a, there you go. That's the longest one. Yeah, it can't be any longer than that. Well, there is. Uh, there's one, but it's animated. Okay. And that was uh, I think Bambi. Uh, Bambi and Bambi two. Oh, okay. Yeah, that came out. Bambi two, sixty four years. Wow. Yeah, I guess there was a um, Winnie the Pooh one as well. But the first Winnie the Pooh is hurt. Well, that's seven mid seventies, I guess. The first Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, okay. Uh, Wizard of Oz and Journey Back to Oz. Okay. Uh, that's thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thirty nine to seventy four. Uh, there was also a sequel to the Maltese Falcon. Uh, if you're counting that, Maltese Falcon to Blackbird, uh, thirty four years. Hmm. Yeah. Your yeah. questions are interesting. <laughs> So you found a site that listed sequels? Yeah, the longest gaps. Okay. uh, 11 movies with insanely long gaps between sequels. (laughs) Oh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Okay. Uh, It was 81 and 96. That's not crazy long, but there you go. No, that's pretty. Godfather uh, 2 and 3. 
Mm. Yeah, but we're not uh, talking. You know, it's a sequel. The movie that shouldn't yeah. have been made. Oh, uh, Psycho, Psycho Two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Psycho 2 was 83 and Psycho was uh, 60. Uh, Wall Street, so Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. Mm. Wall Street was 87, Money Never Sleeps, 2010. So that was 23 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, this was a this was one I was thinking of. Uh, the Hustler and The Color of Money. Oh, Color of Money, yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 years. Hmm. Yeah, Tron, Maltese Falcon, there it is, yeah. So, okay, now if we... We have to now, okay, to make this really real, we have to exclude all the films that don't have an original actor in the cast. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. That takes out quite a bit. All right. Then Tron's still... Uh... Tron's still there, yeah. Oh, uh, then then you can still count Mary Poppins. Really? Yes. Who's in it? Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Oh my God, that's right. But he's not playing Bert. He's playing the banker. But that's fine. Yeah. Because he plays the banker in the, in yeah. the movie as well. In the original one, he yeah. plays two roles in it. Over the objections of Disney. Yeah. Huh. That's fantastic. I love it. All right. There you go, everyone. Done, done, done. Movie, okay. Movie fun. So, uh, hey, look. Here's the thing about 1984 and movies. Yeah. I'm going to start listing some movies for you. Okay. And you're just going to go, that's too many fucking movies. <laughs> All right. Like, with the, with the sheer amount of movies that are made now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 84. Yeah. And I've seen, I think, almost all these movies. So, uh, Footloose. Okay. Okay. Top Secret. Okay. Top Secret, which is better than people expect it to be. Yeah. Gremlins. Uh, mm-hmm. Dune, Nightmare on Elm Street, Last Starfighter, Firestarter, 2010, uh, Once Upon a Time in Wait, America. Wait, 2010 was made in 1994? Wow, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a gap. Yeah, that's another gap, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America, mm-hmm. Never Ending Story, Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom, uh, Buck Banzai, Romancing the Stone, uh, 16 Candles, mm-hmm. 1984, which makes sense. Maybe, yeah. There, yeah. Uh, Repo Man, Blood Simple, Red Dawn, Children of the Corn, Toxic Avenger, Simple. Chud, This is Spinal Tap, wow. Body Double, Amadeus, this is all the same year, uh, The Terminator, The Natural, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> Against All Odds, Starman, uh, Karate Kid, Woman in Red, uh, Streets of Fire, Passage to India, Bachelor Party, Splash, you get two Tom Hanks movies, yeah. The Bounty, uh friday the 13th the final chapter it wasn't do you think we're stopping now we're not (laughs) we're still going purple rain police academy conan the destroyer supergirl paris texas star trek 3 the search for spock beat street cotton club uh missing in action and uh well you also have sheena i'm I'm not ending on a good one um (laughs) but that's a that's a lot of goddamn movies that is crazy holy smokes yeah, like, cause I, again, when when I was a, a youngin, uh, you know, I'd come downtown and there was uh, infinite movie theaters, mm-hmm. including you know one that showed six movies. Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, and and they were all full, and they were all full of different movies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw them all for the most part. <laughs> yeah, when you were listening to that list, I was I was amazed at how many of those films I've seen. Yeah, like no wonder I do well in '84. Yeah, because I saw those movies. I saw a lot of them at the time, but I certainly saw them later, for sure. Like, even ones I missed, I, I saw later on on television or whatever. You know? I mean, and there's times now where I'm looking to go, oh, I want to see a movie. And go look and like, there's really no movies out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like not as in, like, I'm a fussy boots. Yeah. But as in, <laughs> yeah. like, there's really not a lot of yeah at all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, how, how, what happened? TV? I guess TV. TV streaming. happened, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not TV, maybe streaming more than TV. Because TV was a, a good 
place to put put the movies when when you when they're out of the theater after after 38 weeks mm-hmm. then you put them on television but now yeah it just feels like there's no the rushes to get get subscribers to your streaming service and so you just sacrifice your movie movie you know you sacrifice the movie theaters to to this uh monster mm-hmm. except in canada where there all the streaming companies have had to sign well not the streaming companies but the studios have had to sign agreements with canadian theaters to allow for a certain amount of time between uh movies oh is that right mm-hmm. oh, i didn't know that yeah because uh we need the money oh, i learn things we need do you learn income. things for this podcast because i do and there we go <laughs> yeah it's all, i mean if if the u.s was serious about their antitrust stances which they they're not they try to they pretend they are every once in a while they get mad at, at some company and then break them up uh, they would break up the streaming services from the, from the, the movie companies. Like if you are a movie company, you can't have Paramount Plus, or if you are a movie company, you can't have HBO Max because that's a that is a uh, monopoly. Yeah, you know the same way that they couldn't have movie theaters and and studios that that they got broken up. Yeah, it's funny when they talk about like uh, we can't have this because it's a monopoly. I'm just like you love monopolies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's really bad. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay i mean all right whatever you say i mean there are there are industries or you know particularly like services that kind of like slope towards monopoly and have a hard time not becoming monopolies because you know it's a single service that you know just sort of over time makes sense for one company to keep swallowing up other companies but yeah if you're seriously don't like monopolies then why are you allowing you know this kind of nonsense but uh oh well yeah Anyway, I'm going to go to D- Disneyland now and uh, see the Marvel world and also the Star Wars world. And uh... but that's fine mm-hmm. if they want to own those those studios, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't be allowed to have Disney Plus mm. because that's that's monopolizing. You know, they're creating like a they're just creating their own uh, ecosphere that they can exist in without having anything without any allowance for competition. Who owns Tubi? I have no idea who owns Tubi. Mm. Mormons. Yeah, sure. Probably the Mormons. Mormon that makes Mormons. sense. That makes sense to me too. Do you know what? Uh, uh, here's here's what I've been hooked on lately, and uh, discussing this kind of thing is why you know we're we're never going to be a popular podcast. <laughs> yes. Is uh, uh, the other day I was I was watching like a, a not good Columbo, and I was like, oh, yeah, I watched something else, and I was like, I wonder what is what, what if Quincy holds up? Okay, I'm going to watch a Quincy. Yeah, and I tried to find Quincy on all the streamings. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Then I went to YouTube. Oh, there they are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's where they live. That's where I watch seeing things. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, uh, and it. I mean, <clears throat> definitely eighty percent of the show is yelling. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You don't know. Get mind your own business. You know, I'm gonna do it. Da, 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 da. It's just like everyone's yelling at each other. Yeah, but yeah. They love each other, really. Sure. It's fantastic. And Sam, like they, Sam and Quincy. Yeah, Sam and Quincy and and whoever this guy is who sounds like the guy from Magnum, but he's not the guy from Magnum. <laughs> uh but he's he's the guy like we gotta do this by the book, Quincy. Mm. You can't do this. You're not a Is it William Quincy. Daniels or whatever from No, it's from not Sam William Daniels. That's a bit of that voice. That's too. a bit of uh, William Daniels, it's a bit of uh, that. It's a mustachioed guy. Okay. It's a bit up uptight. <laughs> Dear me. But you know what? Yeah. He gets results. Yeah. And Quincy gets results, and I respect that, but every step of the way I gotta tell him. <laughs> Got to do it by the book, Quincy. <laughs> well, he's right because if you know, leave it to the cops, Quincy. Yeah. This isn't your business. <laughs> Don't you have a stack of papers on your desk? Yeah, you pencil pusher. Yeah. Oh, fill out my own form. But these punk rockers are killing the kids. Yeah. There was a personal was... favorite episode. That's good. Yeah, that's a classic. Actually, the one that stuck in my head the the most. Okay. Is one where he goes on a boat cruise with a friend, 
and people are dying on the cruise. And it turns out it's from ergot. I think that's what it's called. Like oh, because they have an Emmy, a Grammy. Okay. Uh, they got an Oscar <laughs> and a Tony. Yeah, yeah. They the got, famous... and, and they got, uh, but they also have rabies. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's the problem. Like you can have an EGOT, yeah. but if you got an ergot, it's, a big it's ch- the rabies that's going to get you. It's going to get you. <laughs> you got to take that out. No, of it's like some sort of like, almost like botulism or something that pass, comes through wheat, apparently. As I remember it, oh, like, you should, believe you should, me. You this, should ask the cousin about this. Believe me, this is a long day. Yeah, that's right. And um, so I guess there was like some like like some uh, some kind of like bowls, like but bowls you could eat okay. on this thing. And then people ate, ate the bowls and then they got this ergot and died. Oh. And Quincy discovered it in his makeshift uh, coroner's lab on this, on this uh, cruise liner. Mind your own business, Quincy. <laughs> that guy wasn't in this one. Okay. <laughs> but there's always someone telling Quincy to mind his own damn yeah, business. Yeah, that was the captain this time. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, we watched one where uh, he was uh, sexist towards uh, uh, his replacement, like while he was on vacation. Mm. But then they end up like, ooh, falling for each other. It's like, it's a very beautiful woman. Because she, like, she was like 30 she, years old. Oh, my like, God. And, and, and he's Jack Klugman. <laughs> he's Jack Klugman. I mean, no offense, but you're Jack Klugman. You know, you know who you marry? Brett Summers. And, you know, we all go, yep. That's fine. Yeah. I listen. Am I putting down Brett Summers? No. Am I putting down Jack Klugman? No. But I'm not. <laughs> Bo Derek does not enter <laughs> the battle. Yes. You know, uh, it's it's not so it's weird. not in on this. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. But we were watching an episode. But actors love it. They sure do. They love it because you know what? Quincy is not 57. If you look at if you if you looked at like the the Bible of the show, yeah, be like Quincy, 40 years old. Mm. You know, because all those shows, the actors are always like 10, 15 years younger than their actual age. Yeah. It's a, and, it's if a fact. They're, and if they're a hero, yeah. uh, they also uh, fought in Vietnam. How, how did it affect them? Oh. Eh, occasionally. <laughs> Love an Wait. episode about a friend of theirs from Vietnam. Is that what Quincy's a Vietnam guy? No, he's not. But like, because oh, okay. he's not a hero hero. Okay, because James Garner was Korean. Korean War. Okay. Because the Rockwell Files. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, you get your Magnums or mm, whatnot. Mm-hmm. T.J. Hooker. That's right. Magnum was a, was yeah. a fan of it. That's right. T.J. Hooker also fought in uh, Vietnam. He couldn't have. Well, he did. So, um... Huh. Uh, also fought in the Clone Wars. So we're watching... That was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> so we're watching away. the episode, and, you know, it starts off uh, with, uh, with the outside shot of the firehouse from Emergency. Oh, yeah. Like, What's this about? Hmm. What's uh? Is hey, this a connected one? What's going on? Wait a second. We're saying what's going on? Yeah. Uh, and this one's all about a clinic that uh, the doctor who works in the clinic, like it's a single doctor clinic. Mm. Uh, and the he's doctor, not married. What's that? He's not married. No, he's not because, or maybe he is, because he's going out to have a swinging date, and he brings a friend in and just goes, "You just look after the place. I don't know what I'm doing here. No, you're a trained doctor. You're fine, but I've never done. I don't do this kind of thing." Yeah, it's be fine. I just got to have a couple of hours with da 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 da. And the nurse, who is like Quincy's friend, who wants to be a doctor, yeah, you know, it's basically you know she's gonna look the other way. Don't worry about it. So it's that kind of thing. So yeah, you know, yeah. uh, someone's gonna come in and there's gonna be a fuck up. Yeah. Uh, but the paramedics are called out uh, on assignment to guys having a heart attack at a bowling alley. Yeah, and so they get to the bowling alley and they're like, okay, let's uh, send the script uh, to uh, to Rampart. <laughs> Rampart? Yeah. Like, wait a second. Is this an emergency thing? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. there was all these little, little tributes to emergency oh, that were going on through neat. it. I was like, oh, it's like a little, a little unofficial crossover. Oh, very, very cute. I wonder if I could convince Lisa to watch all all the episodes of Emergency. 
Well, first of all, you'll love it, dear. If you if you want to see fifty year old men pretending they're thirty, this is the show for you. Yeah, let me just see if there's any emergency episodes with the horse. Oh, I'm sure there are. Come on. Are there any emergency? Johnny episodes? Gage must have must must have known must have have a horse thing going on. Uh, John's trying to get Roy to give up his system for picking winning horses out of the newspaper. Meanwhile, the firemen rescue a woman who fell into a lion's cage. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, an elderly woman breaks her ankle. Oh. That's not a huge winner, but yeah. Yeah. same episode. A man is injured by a horse stampede. Oh, dear. There you go. I think you might get her. <laughs> Come on, dear. It's got a horse stampede in it. You oh, you know it. how they did. Did you tell me this? How they did the stunt where Johnny got bitten by the snake? I don't think did I told you, tell you this. No. no. Here's how, here's how they did the stunt. Okay. Uh, Johnny got bitten by a snake. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, right off Mantooth. He got bitten by a snake. It was a devenomed snake. Oh, okay. But he went like, just let it bite me. You know, it'll look better. <laughs> and so they did it. And he, so the snake bites bites him for yeah. real yeah. when you see it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ooh. So it has a real reaction to it as well. Yeah. I- so he's bitten by a snake. Yeah. Oof. Well, give it up for let's give it up those seventies actors. They really put themselves out there. Yeah, you realize you're a TV show, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Quit it, you guys. Like this ain't gonna get you the Emmy. But <laughs> okay, might. I mean, honestly, oh no, no. Randolph Mantooth, one of the many, uh, one of the many people there who are ergots. <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, okay. Yes, here's the episode that you need. Okay, and it's on Daily Motion, so you can even go. this All uh, right, it's going much there. It is uh, an episode. Uh, called Saddled. Mm. Uh, it's about a, a horse that refuses to be saddled. Oh. Season two, episode six. I might have seen that one, actually. It sounds saddled. familiar. It sounds yeah. familiar. I did watch it. And then by the end, the, the horse is a paramedic. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I feel like we're running out of things to watch streaming, so we need to... We need to... Uh, Lisa was re-watching a show last night. I was like, you're re-watching something. Isn't there something new to watch? She's in there. No, it's summertime. So you watch reruns. I guess that's it. Maybe it's, it's built into us now. We can't help ourselves. Just We need to, oh, this is new. I don't want to watch this. No, no. You don't want to watch a new thing. I know. And I keep getting suckered into like, you know, recording shows. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. No, there's nothing. In fact, this is a rerun, this episode. <laughs> that's right. It's our, this is our summer replacements talking yeah. to you. So who do you think yeah. is going to win the uh, 2010 Olympics? <laughs> Who's going to win the Olympics? Yeah. I don't know, the U.S.? Really? I was thinking it was going to be Canada. Oh, well. We'll see. <laughs> that that would have been... There would have been an Olympics in 2010. There was. Was there? Here. I thought it was 2012. Was it 2010? No, you're right. It's 2010. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. boy. Boy. Oh, this time fly. I just can't remember That's what okay. happened in the past. It's all over. It's just, you know. It seems, 2012, that seems more like a... It, it sure does. Yeah. Anyway, we'll What was be significant we'll, about 2012? We'll, was that when the world was going to end? Yeah, that's right. It okay. was a John Cusack movie. Oh, yeah. Where he drove really fast. He drove faster than the end of the world. Yeah. And so he made it, and it was fine. And it's okay, even though all the other millions of people were dying behind him. It was a happy ending because he and his family got out in the car. Oh. There's some fun uh, special effects. There are, but it's like okay. So you're doing okay. So you're doing a movie, yeah. and you've got one of those scenes to do. Yeah. Now the audience knows mm-hmm. no one's going to get hurt in that car because yeah. they know it's always going to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. So how do you build tension in yeah. a scene where? Everyone knows you're at the front of the roller sure. coaster and cannot be hurt. It's the Obi-Wan Kenobi problem. Oh, okay. You, you got to hurt him emotionally. Hurt him deep inside. Well, yeah, because no one can get hurt. Mm. Like nothing can change in the entire show that you're watching, you know? So it's, I guess, I guess someone can change emotionally, but nothing else can happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> because you're kind of set. You've already, you're just like, we're going to put this in a little interstice between these events and these events. And uh, so we know it's, it's set here is set and this part is set. So we right. have to have all the characters do this stuff, but nothing bad can happen to them. No one can lose an arm <laughs> unless we're going to do some real fancy digital. Well, fiddle, fiddle I, I mean, the one thing you can do is lose a damn arm. I mean, everyone loses an arm and they just replace it with like a, something that looks like an arm and then they wear a glove. I guess. I guess, but Obi Wan himself is always chopping off arms. You think, I think they should have. They think they would have mentioned it in the the movie. If By the way, was missing an arm. That was something that I felt uh, watching the TV show as opposed to uh, Star Wars. Mm. It's like I don't think Ewan McGregor is the kind of guy that goes into a bar and cuts a guy's arm off hmm. with a with a lightsaber just because he's going. I don't like your friend. Apparently, he. My is. friend doesn't like your friend either. Apparently. Okay, whom? There goes the arm. <laughs> Apparently, he is. Yeah, we just have to accept that fact that at some point. I mean, in season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi, well, they'll explain where he got his arm cutting off fetish from mm. and why he just automatically just goes right to the arm cutting off thing. Yeah, you should have. Okay, so what you need then in the second season of Obi-Wan yeah. is you need Obi-Wan to be, uh, have the choice to cut a guy's arm off. He doesn't. And that, he doesn't. That guy kills someone. Kills yeah, a that's friend right. Of Obi-Wan's. And, just, and just like, He's let's haunted. have a little patience and see where this, <laughs> blam, 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 blam. All right. Well, I learned my fucking lesson, didn't I? Next time someone says shit to me, arms are going off. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really like um, that actor playing that role, but I found the show kind of dull. Okay. And I think mostly for that reason, which is that nothing can change. So your characters are like in peril, but you're kind of like, well, <laughs> what kind of peril can they be in? Because you know what? They're all here in a month. They're all back wherever their places are. Everyone's back in start positions again. Yeah. Though, I mean, isn't that the case in most, I mean, any TV show where you've got a hero, mm. you know, speaking of Magnum P.I. Yeah. Well, no, Magnum died. Oh, shut my mouth. Magnum did die. He came back. Yeah. But he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, yeah. He went through the whole afterlife. He put all his affairs in order. Mm. He then walked into the clouds. And then next season, we got him back. <laughs> like, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's it. I guess the nature of a good show is that it you it gives you the sense of peril for the for the main character, but but not uh but I mean, I think that's why like like uh Rockford Files was kind of I was going to say Rockford Files did it well. But it's Lady of the Week as well, right? So the per- he's not necessarily in peril, it's the woman he's with who's in peril, you know. And that show didn't I mean, there's that one really great episode where the woman gets killed, his his date gets killed. Hmm. Uh before the show even starts, she gets killed. He doesn't know it. He's investigating what happened to her, but but she's dead. Oh, and it so that's you know so that's interesting. I mean, it, if the show can make it convincingly perilous for the for the women, then you know, like him as the sort of knight errant, that kind yeah. of Raymond Chandler idea of uh, of uh, what Philip Marlowe was, and I think the Rockefellers kind of carries on on that idea of the noble detective. Yeah, there's definitely a film noir element. To and it. film noir element, and also that kind of Chandler-esque idea of like the the one moral person in this world of of sin is this private detective, you know. Even if he's occasionally conniving and 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 unwilling and and a kind of a slippery character, in the end, he always makes the the moral choice, the right moral choice. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. There's a good uh, speaking of Rockford Files as. You know, we always show, do. <laughs> this show should just be called that. And yeah. Yeah, the show, it, it, there, there, there should be a thing where we just talk about Rockford Files, and the show is called "Say, Are You Guys 50? <laughs> and I say, "Guys." 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. Make a Rock for Files video game, by the way, everybody uh, out there who makes video games. That would games. be good. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he was like a real, he was like a driver before there was dri- a driver. Sure. He was a driver before yeah, there was the, the driver. Levels, or drive. He got the detective levels. Mm. He'll get in a fight, but he's not great at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he'll really get knocked around and probably have to, like, find a garbage can and put that on a guy's head. <laughs> well, do that great one he did where he put the, um, the, um, hand, like the soap all over the floor of the bathroom before the thug came in and yeah. then just, when the guy was slipping in, he punched him. Yeah. <laughs> knocked him out. Smart. <laughs> yep. You got to be smart sometimes. Yeah, you got to be smart. What are you going to do? And then, yeah. uh, you know, you can set up a whole big sting. <laughs> I feel like there was a sting video game. That can't be right. Um, but I was watching um, uh, Cliff Nesteroff, uh, the comedy writer, as in like writes about comedy. Yes. Not a comedy writer, though he used to be a comedy writer as well. Sure. Uh, the comedy uh, historian. Put up a clip of... Uh, from a show called The Associates that starred Martin Short in what year was it? I want to say early eighties. Yeah, seventy nine. Okay. Um, and it was a it was a clip. Uh, and the the idea behind the show is uh, they're lawyers. Okay. And they take on different things. And this one, uh, it was representing a uh, head writer who um, was not allowed to do uh, the jokes he wanted to do on his uh, show because it was too controversial. And he was trying to do a, 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 this gay joke, and uh, they were like, no, you can't do the gay joke. And so they brought in uh, the head of you know the gay league, and he comes in, and it's just flaming uh, guy. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And then uh, you know they ask, like, you know, are, so are you offended by this uh, joke? And it's like, you know, is this queer? Is it a $3 bill? And it's like, uh, no, we're not. We're not offended by that at all. You know, that's just words. It's like, well, what are you offended by? That you'd believe I talk like that. <laughs> like, come in here like Sylvester the cat. And then, you that's know, anytime thing. there's a representation of a gay character in a TV show, yeah. it's just this flaming uh, character. Is that what he says, really? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Because, like, it completely plays into this yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then plays out and just like, so knock that off and then we'll talk. <laughs> and then leaves. And the uh, and and it uh, gets into other things about censorship and mm. so mm. you know there's a joke that uh, Martin Short wants to change uh, you know just like it'll just what's it, what it'll, what will it matter and then it goes through it and it actually ends on kind of a dark like a, like a surprisingly dark uh, beat mm. that's like uh, interesting yeah I'll send you the uh, yeah, please uh, do the the, the, uh, the episode I but, am uh, curious Stuart Margolin is the uh, writer I see and uh, boy that guy talks a lot. Like, oh, my God, talks a mile a minute to yeah. the point where you got Martin Short in the room and he's saying nothing. It's like, <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of work, keeping Martin Short quiet. Yeah, yeah. And, it's yeah, it's a TV show by uh, James L. Brooks that did not work out. Mm. But, uh, yeah, very very well done. I'll write that down so that I can uh, send it to you. Please do. Maybe, you know what, folks? I'll, maybe I'll even post it on the uh, website. I think that's a good idea. So people can watch it. And not just hear us talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> At least have an opportunity to see it if they're hey, interested. Hey, speaking speaking of television. Speaking of television, and you even brought up Tubi. Yeah, I brought up Tubi, and uh, and and you know, I'm not looking for an excuse to go and grab another drink. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm no Guinness drinking cousin. Here. Okay, yes, it's two o'clock somewhere. Though we have drank Guinness on this show before, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Okay, you know, I've had a Guinness on this show. Yeah, our friend uh, Nina, yeah. their dragon, has had a Guinness on this sure, show. Sure, sure. Yeah. I have not. We've had the little ball in the uh, thing. That's right. Uh, rattle, rattle, rattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so uh, as I said, speaking of television, you watch a certain show. I do. 
and then you tell us about it. <laughs> it's been been the uh, the modus operandi for a while now. Okay. You know what? I was I was I you know I like I like a uh, the blog Dark Shadows Every Day. Yeah. And I was reading an interesting one today because he was talking about um, what do they call it? There's a name for it: stripping. Not what you're thinking of. Get your mind out I'm, of the gutter, I'm, I'm mister. I'm thinking of furniture stripping. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about people getting naked. Okay, I was thinking of mining, strip mining. Okay. <laughs> I'm still thinking about people getting naked. I don't know. I can't, can't get that out of my mind now. You know what? It, yeah. Uh, something interesting. Yeah. Uh, strippers these days have a crazy names. <laughs> really? Do they? Yeah. Like such as? Uh, they have uh, names like uh, Fire. <laughs> So, you know, you're in the strip club and, uh, you know, you're calling the stripper out and people think like, oh, the place is on fire. It's it's crazy. Crazy names like Free Show. (laughs) Yeah, she does it with her... uh, (laughs) You have to let the dog out first. (laughs) And then people ask, who let the dog out? And that's what I'm asking you. No, who let the dog out? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Who Mm. let the dog out? And they go, who, who? And I go, yeah, who let the dog out? And they go, "Uh, first base. Yeah. So one way to get around. So, so, so stripping was is the idea of when you sell your your syndication package. Okay. Strip stripping is when because they it refers to the fact that the show runs the same time every day. So when you look at like a TV guide, it'll be a block of shows that of strip of shows down the down the page. Oh, of, okay. Of of uh, so you can that only time do slot. stripping if you've got a good package. If you got a good package, exactly right. Yeah, this is a well known fact. And so the magic number, hundred shows. Yes. That will get that gives you, uh, I think, forty days worth of something like that. Like it gives you a certain amount of days of of, uh, and so hopefully people will have forgotten and it can go back start again. Sure. The magic number, of course, is two hundred and sixty. That is a full year's worth of of, mm. uh, and so most like the and they, so this person was saying like the most popular rerun shows all have about that many shows. So. Um, Mash two hundred fifty six, Cheers two hundred and seventy, and all those kind of shows. Friends two hundred and thirty something or other. Just on and on like the that. Office. I guess the Office would be that now. He's probably writing before the Office was okay. was was over. But yeah, so the, all those shows would fall into that category. Yeah, for sure. And and so then he was mentioning like Dark Shadows. So the problem with Dark Shadows is it's you know it's fourteen hundred shows. Like it's not an easy thing to package. So and also and also. The other thing that's anomalous about Dark Shadows is what other soap operas are in syndication? Mm. Like what Days of Our Lives, Ryan's Hope, Guiding Light, all those shows are now gone. Like all those shows are just gone. They're gone forever, right. you know. But for whatever reason, Dark Shadows still is. So I guess it was owned by a company that are called like World Vision or Worldwide or something like that. Maybe Worldwide. World Vision is something totally different. World Vision, the, the charity feeding the feeding the... <laughs> Feeding Africa also has a, a stake in uh, Dark Shadows. Oh, please don't say stake when it comes to the uh, vampire show. Yes. They, we... they, 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 they get very upset. By the way, uh, of the top uh, 20 uh, vampire shows of all time, yeah. uh, where do you think Dark Shadows ranks? Uh, number one. Oh, let's see. That's a, of course. You, you might be. You might not be wrong. I think it's probably wrong. Uh, okay. No, I think, you, I think you might be. I'm going all the way. Here we go. Yeah, number two. Oh. Number two. What's number one? Yeah, this is a very good question. Uh, Buffy. Oh. Yeah. But it's not really a vampire show. I know she's a vampire Buffy, slayer. Vampire slayer isn't a vampire show? But there's vampire, but it has other monsters in it as well. It's more of a, it's more, it's more of a monster hey, of the week show. Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. Werewolf. I know. 
Angus. I know, but there's always a vampire at the center of it from a certain point. But it's where called the... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure, because it's a good title. Regardless if there's a vampire there or not, her job is <laughs> okay. Vampire Slayer. Number okay. three is Angel. That should be number one. Uh, okay. Then Vampire Diaries. Never saw it. True Blood. Don't know it. Forever Night. Never seen it. Really? Yep. Oh, it's so Canadian. Okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I'll just give you the top ten. By the way, that's, that's the uh, the best best criticism or best compliment in Canada. In Canadian jargon as well, so is uh, never seen it. Uh, pretty good. Oh, pretty good. That uh, means that means great in Canada. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Uh, number seven, <laughs> being human, the British version. Okay. Uh, number eight has the whiniest vampire preacher. Here's the weird thing about being human. Yeah. I prefer the the later cast to the to the the beginning cast. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the American version of uh, <laughs> and uh, good ending by the way on uh, on I think uh, that show and uh, the British one. British one. Yeah, very good ending. Yeah. And uh, number nine, originals. Number 10, uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so uh, start her up and uh, I'm just going to run for a drink real fast. All right, everyone. Let's, uh, let's, it's been a while. Do the, uh, do the intro. Dork Shadows. Okay. (laughs) It's been a while since we were at Collingwood, 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 Collingwood. Because, what? (laughs) I remember what it is. Ian's gone. He's left the room. He's left the building. He's got. He's not coming back. I guess. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we were we were there, everyone. So what what was happening? What was happening on this show? Well, if you remember, we had Laura Collins show up. This mysterious mother of Nora and Jameson. Mysterious because she named her son Jameson, the wife of Edward, and she's got a mysterious past, which we've kind of had hints of. Hints that she might not be. Who she says she is. Or maybe she is who she says she is, but she's not who she says she... Wait, she is not what she says she is. Does that make sense? Because at the end of the last episode we talked about, she she runs into Barnabas at Colling, Collingwood. And, or Collingwood. It's got to be Collingwood. What am I saying Collingwood for? Um, Collingwood. Uh, she meets Bar- Barnabas, and Barnabas recognizes her. Not because he saw her walking on the street the other day in Collinport. Collinsport, uh, because he saw her... 100 years ago and he knows that she died 100 years ago so uh he tells this to charity who's with him charity as you know is his blood slave he he's been biting her neck he's been drinking her blood and uh she is under his spell but even under her spell charity can't believe what barnabas insists is true that he met laura collins a long time ago um he gives charity the job well basically he insists that she join him uh, join him at Colin at, sorry, at the old house, and together they will discover the truth about Laura Collins. <laughs> Snap, crackle, pop. As Charity prepares to leave, Angelique shows up, Da-da-dum. and she kind of belittles Charity's adoration for Barnabas by introducing herself as Barnabas's fiance. As you know, she sort of forced his hand. Uh, you know, as you know, these things things happen. You yeah, know, she happens. she wouldn't agree to bring Quentin back to life unless Barnabas agreed to be her fiance. So, you know, it's a real. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? He had no yeah. choice. <laughs> he had that's no how choice. you know he's a villain. That's how. Well, that's how he had a villain, or she's a villain. Uh, everyone's a villain. Yeah. Okay. They're that's, both a villain. That's Barnabas pretty much. is a villain. He's pretty villainous. Would you say an antihero or a villain? I'd say an anti antihero. Oh. I'd actually say antihero since I'm Canadian. Okay. But anyhow. <laughs> Anywho, um, A, humiliated, Charity runs away. (laughs) 
she says as she runs up the stairs. Angelique, of course, is jealous of Charity, and she warns Barnabas of getting involved with a Trask. You know what they're like, she says. Yeah. They're a bunch of Trask. Trask me once, shame on you. <laughs> you know what? Yes. All these people have crazy names now. That's There's true. There's one... Uh... Okay. <laughs> don't Trask, don't tell. She warned trask him... Trask not what your country can do for you. Please, please do. She warned, uh, she warns him not to forget his objective, which is basically he's come there to figure out why Jameson has been possessed by Quentin. But he seems to be losing all... He's just forgetting all that. He's just involved in all the stuff that's going on. He's getting more and more into this world. She recommends that he's that uh, he discontinues to like uh, to um, go down to the dock and meet the girls there because no one cares what happens to those loose floozies. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a sleeping charity has a strange dream. Oh, it's time for a dream. So the same music plays as every dream. I can't. I wish I could tell. Do it they to, do? Um, do they do smoke when there's a dream to let you know? They don't really do smoke very do they much. Do wavy. Uh, they do a little bit of waviness sometimes, but usually they'll just change the color of the lighting. Okay. So instead of being like normal lighting, now it's kind of everything's red tinted because right. okay. they just have like a red gel. And uh, so she's still sleeping in her bed. So she falls asleep in her bed. She wakes up. She's sleeping in her bed, and she's awoken by Angelique. Angelique tells her it's her wedding day. <laughs> And then to Charity's distress, Angelique gives her a black wedding veil, which Charity's upset because she insists that's for mourning, not for, not, not mourning like our morning show, but mourning like someone has died. The Reverend Trasks then appears and he asks, who will give away the bride? Angelique volunteers and then does her familiar laugh. Reverend Trask begins the wedding ceremony by consigning Charity to the ground. So basically it's a funeral, okay. uh, not, a, not a wedding. Charity argues that she is not dead. You can't put me in the ground. Angelique tells her that she has been that she has been killed. Whoa. When Charity turns back to her father, he has disappeared. He has been replaced by Barnabas, who turns to her and opens his mouth, uh-huh. revealing his And then his head disappears, replaced by a skull with fangs and eyeballs for some strange reason. But for once, mm-hmm. not a wig. So that's, okay, that's good. That's not, they kind of break in, break in tradition here to have a That would have skull. freaked me out as a kid. I would yeah, yeah. That. It's so often. I don't know. I guess it is kind of exclusive, weird looking. Yeah, I don't know. They, they really like the skull with a wig. Yeah. Uh, and then and a Angelique skull with laughs. eyebrows always... Uh, not eyebrows. Eyebrows would be good. Uh, a skull with eyeballs always looks surprised. Yes. It's <laughs> like, how'd this happen? <laughs> that's a good question. What's going on? Why, why am I a skull with eye, eyeballs? Wouldn't, they, wouldn't these be long gone? Yeah, this makes no sense at all. But then, as Angelique laughs, Charity wakes up, screaming, as she sits up in bed, feeling her neck. I put Liz enters, but that's not right. It's not Liz. What's her character's name in this uh, mm. version? <laughs> the actress who plays Liz in the later one enters. Okay. The actress uh, later known as Liz. Later known as Liz, yeah, enters. and uh, Liz, Liz later. Oh, how funny. I probably wrote, wrote Liz a lot in here, so we're going to pretend she's Liz for a while, because I can't remember her hmm. name she plays in the... You not, know, just call her who? Not Abigail. <laughs> Call her who? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Who's on later? I don't know, Andres. Uh, it's, she tells Charity that it's four in the afternoon. And then she, uh, Charity recoils in pain when, when Liz, but then quotes, uh, when Liz opens the bedroom curtains. And then she's also horrified when Liz offers her a black veil-like shawl to help warm her up. Because, of course, it looks like a, a, a funeral shawl. <laughs> An unhappy Liz. Oh, man. Liz. It's not Liz. It's not Liz, everyone. I can't remember her name. Oh, it's killing me now. You know what we haven't seen for a while? Her brother. Ed, not Edward, but the other brother. Where did that guy go? 
Anyhow, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, an unhappy Liz recommends that that Charity rest until her father arrives. Quick cut to the Reverend Trask arriving, and he is welcomed by Angelique, who once again introduces herself as Barnabas's fiance. She also hints that Trask should have his daughter married ASAP because she's stepping on Angelique's toes, as you know. Not Liz comes downstairs and greets Trask. She offers to help Trask rebuild his school. Can I give you some names for her? Okay, sure. Uh, so this is Joan Bennett, right? Yes, Joan Bennett. Okay, yeah. so she played, as you say, Elizabeth Collins Stowell, yep, yep. Naomi Collins, Kay. Judith Collins Trask. Oh, this is Judith. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Not yep. Elizabeth Collins Stoddard, Flora Collins. Uh, and, okay. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah. It's good crazy, for, folks. Good for Joan. It's crazy, folks. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but there is the whole parallel time um, Dark Shadows as well. Yeah, that's a coming. Okay. <laughs> she uh, she was also in the movie House of... She, well, she, yeah, I think she was in both of the... Well, maybe she wasn't in the second one. She's also in the movie Suspiria. Oh, all right. She was also in Little Women. The original, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she had a good film career. Yeah. Wasn't, unfortunately, her her husband shot her agent in the, in the nuts and uh, wrecked her career, but uh, yeah. Oh, her son was Morton Downey Jr. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I wonder he was such a good actor. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Oh, I don't like anything about that. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Um, thank you. Judith offers to help Trask rebuild his school. She also offers the use of a building on the property as a temporary school. Trask is very flattered. Makes a lot of flowery speech. Liz mentions that she heard that he was not feeling well, and so she wants to help him through that. And, and a fact that was mentioned to her by his wife, Minerva. Trask says he's surprised to hear that. For it is for it is actually the fact that his wife is in ill health. Oh. And we get like an extreme close-up of his face when he says this. He's like increasingly ill, Ill health. Hmm. And then it turns into a skull with eyeballs. <laughs> and then it winks, and you're like, how? How did it wink? Is there skin on the eyeballs Bink. only? <laughs> no, it winked with bone. Bink. So it turns out that eyeballs are the last things to to. to uh, Deteriorate. Well, they had very uh, polite uh, crows that were just like, Do you want? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't want to be the one that eats it first. Yeah. I don't want to be that crow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to have more ear. That's a good soft part. Well, don't fill up on ear. It's <laughs> a good soft part. Uh, at the old house, Barnabas rises from his coffin and calls for charity. Then, in a way to get Barnabas out of the coffin, then we don't have to see a, a, an old man climbing out, a, mid- a middle-aged gentleman trying to climb out of a coffin. <laughs> Liz leads Trask to Charity's room. But when she opens the door, Charity is gone. Where is she gone? Why, she's gone to the old house where she meets up with Barnabas. But before she enters, Barnabas opens up a trunk, a family bric-a-brac, brought down earlier in the sh- in the in uh, these shows by by Sandor, his faithful, what do we say, Romani? Romani yeah. uh, servant. Roma. Roma is the name of a city. Charity arrives and he shows her a painting of his cousin Jeremiah's first wife, okay. Laura Setbridge, or Sunbridge. I couldn't understand what he said. First I thought it was Cuthbridge, but it was different later on, and so I'm settling on Sun, Set, Setbridge, Laura Setbridge. Anyway, Charity's surprised to be looking at a portrait of Laura Collins, apparently painted 100 years ago. I say never get your picture painted, because then you're... Why? That's the way it always happens. But know. she's not dead, though. Well, she's... She? Well, apparently not. years ago. She's walking around. So get your portrait painted. All right. I guess, yeah, you're Dorian Graying it. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. All right, good. Um, 
Then Bordemus tells a long rambling story of his first seeing Laura Collins. It's long and it's not that great. But uh, as he's talking about this, he's basically telling her to her face that he's 100 years old. Because he said this, she lived 100 years ago. I met her. Yeah. And then he's going through all this stuff and Charity is just looking more and more frightened. And she just tells him that I am terrified of the world you live in. <laughs> and he tell he of course he seduces her back by saying, you know, I would never let harm come to you. As long as you're with me, you'll always be safe. Blah blah blah. That's Which, always good. <laughs> as we've learned, as we learned from these shows, no one is safe around this guy. This is like no, the no. least safe place to be in the world. Yeah. You'd be more safe living under a giant boulder. And we say that living in 2022. <laughs> Trask is convinced that Charity has. She's done something. I just got to turn the page, everyone. Charity has been overcome by evil. Evil has gotten hold of her. Oh, yeah, Scarlet witching it up. Then she she arrives, just as he's ranting and raving. But when he but when confronted by her father, she faints. When Trask examines her, he sees the puncture marks on her neck. That's the end of that episode. Okay. Next episode, Magda enters the old house. She tells Barnabas that the fang marks on Charity have been discovered. Barnabas seems unconcerned. <laughs> he is interested only in Laura Collins. Sandor arrives, and Barnabas tasks him with finding Laura Collins' headstone in the cemetery, or her as grave marker or whatever. Meanwhile, Edward and Laura meet on the staircase. His humili- humiliation at her hand still rankles. He gives her... He's still mad about her running off with, with his brother. Let's face it. He yeah, can't yeah. get over that. That's rough. It's, it is rough. You're right. You're right. That's why I don't have brothers. Is that why? Yeah. You just don't want that to happen. Yeah. I think you having two brothers is just cocky. <laughs> you're asking for trouble. I'm just too good. I don't I just don't feel worried about All it. All right. They've got nothing on me. All right. Um, Magda arrives. Uh, of course, causing the... I put pressing pause on, on Edward and Laura's uh, eternal argument. Because all they ever do when they meet is argue. Edward orders Magda to help pack up Laura's belongings... She's moving to the cottage tonight, he says. But Laura has other ideas. She orders Magda to pack up all of Quentin's belongings. Where that goes, I don't know, because it doesn't resolve during this part. But remember that. Okay. Belongings have been packed up that are Quentin's. So we'll put a pin in that. Magda finds a tarot deck, and Laura asks her to tell her fortune. Magda deals the cards, turns over one card, and it's, of course, the most, the most common one you'll ever see in these shows, even though it doesn't really mean what everyone says it means when they when they kind of make the tarot part of the thing, the yeah. death card. Yeah. It's always a death card. Then they uh, usually say, uh, but that doesn't mean death, does mm-hmm. it? No, it could mean uh, painful death. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That doesn't mean death. I mean, your life is one long death. You know that, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But it's going to happen eventually. You just don't know when. Um, so, you know, yeah, so... Uh, so she it's that she told she says that she tells Laura that the death is imminent. Of course, Laura's not impressed by this, but when she turns over the next card, it is revealed the death is not imminent. Oh, the death has already happened. Oh shit! Oh, that twist! Snap! Boom! And outraged Laura. Oh, don't play with these cards. <laughs> and outraged Laura sweeps the cards to the floor, and she orders Magda to clean them up. Barnabas is with Edward. Could I say this would be a creepy thing? Sure. So you have a thing. Where uh, you know we're going to talk to the <coughs> we're going to talk to the spirits with our Ouija board. Yeah, and so they ask the spirits a question of just like you know, are you in the room? And then uh, a girl who's like sitting across from me goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, okay. oh, 
Oh, you're a ghost. You're like, ah, fuck, I am a ghost. Yeah, I'm a ghost. You that got me. proves it. You got me. Yeah, you asked me a question on the Ouija board, had to an answer. And then it's like, uh, the Ouija board, get me a soda. I'm like, oh, I have to do that. Yep, ghost. Um, okay, so, um, um, I'm a mom. Where am I, where am I here? Where am I here? So, you were, uh, Barnabas was with Edward. Uh, Sorry. Edward tells Barnabas, uh, Liz's plans, he doesn't think it's a good idea because of Laura. He doesn't want the children near their mother. He doesn't Somebody trust her. think of the children. Won't they? Sandra arrives and tells Barnabas he has found Laura's grave. That night, Laura is at the cottage with Magda. Barnabas has brought a housewarming gift, and he gives it to her with great pleasure. You know what it is? Can you guess what the gift is? That right. That's right. A painting of her portrait. Oh, no. She is surprised. She is very surprised, but she quickly recovers. Is it painted with blood? It's not painted with blood. We already saw it. No, but it's, you know, it's an old painting, but it's of her. But she merely remarks on what a remarkable coincidence that two people look so much alike. Once he is gone, however, she has Magda put it in the closet (laughs) where it belongs. Meanwhile, back at the old mausoleum, Barnabas has Sandor open the grave. Well, it's actually more like one of those sort of big tombs. So Sandor gets a big chisel and a hammer and he starts chiseling away at it. And at the cottage, Laura can hear the tap, tap, tapping of Sandor's chisel on her tomb. And then she asks, um, Magda comes out and she's like, you know, what are you doing in the What's going on back there? Like, and then she says, "Wow, I didn't, do, I didn't do anything." And she goes, "Can't you hear that noise?" And she's like, "No, I can't hear it." it sounds like some tomb tapping. Then Laura says, "Oh God!" and runs out of the cottage, back at the mausoleum. <laughs> Unwillingly following Barnabas's orders, Sandor opens the lid of the tomb. Dot dot dot. What will be in there, everyone? What? We'll have to find out next time. No. On. Oh. Dark shadows. Tunes tapping. Tapping sorry. I have been. Uh, I've been doing my weird watching of of LGBTQ coming of age stories on Tubi, which apparently is a limitless number of sure. of these things. It's limitless. There's so many of them, but they're so interesting. I don't know. I just enjoy them all. They're all low budget movies with actors who are at various places in their career. Some are obviously new. Some are. Okay, some are, sometimes there's real actors. Sometimes there's like a Michael Madsen in, in your movie. Yep, he'll move, he'll work for whatever you can give him. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, when I say real, I just mean people that you, people that others have heard of. Most of these films are written by and star the actors who are in them. Yeah. One, one I saw was like obviously improvised through most of the movie, like oh. all the conversation and stuff like that. And so all the main actors all had their own, uh, all had their own credits as, as doing the screenplay. And it was an interesting movie because it was just like about, this woman comes back to this small town where she grew up and she meets up with her friend that she was friends with for a long time. And this, it's been 10 years since she's been back. And she's come back there with her boyfriend and they, they have a house. They're living there. And so she meets up with this friend that hasn't seen for a long time. And they just kind of like right away kind of start up their great friendship all over again. And they're like super great friends. But the one girl, the girl who's lived in this town, never left, has a secret, which is that she's, she's gay. But she can't bring herself to tell her friend. Mm. And, and it's so weird. Like, so there's... And so the movie ends, and we assume that she's admitted it. But she, there's not really a scene of her telling her friend this. Just her friend confronting her with the fact that, because her boyfriend saw her with a girl at a bar, obviously in a like romantic situation. Oh, okay. And when she tells this girl this, this girl's at first sort of like maybe kind of jealous about it. And so she's having some trouble. So she kind of comes on to her friend when she's drunk, and, and her friend reacts against that because 
she can't admit to being this person. And so they kind of reach some sort of, I assume, some sort of agreement. And the movie ends with them like goofing around playing basketball together because that's what they did when they were younger. They were both on a basketball team, which in and just goof around and like having fun. And then it ends, and you're like, so they're just they're friends, still friends, I guess. There's like no real. Well, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's very European. But it's really weird, right? Like I say, it was yeah. it's all kind of improvised and all kind of just having fun with it. And that yeah. I wonder if it's based on uh, true experiences and so this yeah, is where it ended. So it's weird. What are gonna do? We're not gonna force it. Then I was watching another one, and it made me think of you, which was because uh, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, this would bother Ian because in this, it's a story with this girl who was abused when she was younger by her father, who's passed away in a car accident. And she's living with her mom, who's very abusive because she's maybe is it the movie goes on it reveals that she probably knew what was happening but couldn't admit it you know and couldn't speak it but now she resents her daughter okay for having been abused by her her dad when she was younger and and so she's she's abusive and and loses her temper with her daughter and her daughter is just completely closed down and can't just this just kind of removed herself from the world like just right. go through life not talking to anyone just going to school and just but she's she's gay she has no way to like be this person you know and so she's like in chat rooms and stuff on the computer and she meets this woman on there so this girl's in high school and so she meets like a woman who's 33 years old and they start having a relationship and in the movie this is like her salvation because this person is like someone who will allow her to be herself her friends have similar experiences to her and she kind of starts to come out of her shell and becomes starts to rejoin the world and even kind of has a bit of a of a you know kind of a melting the the cold war ends between her mom and her a little bit and i was like oh i wonder what you even think of a 33 is this like a weird plot thing yeah. right a 33 year old like woman her, in her a... salvation she's at jesus age yeah <laughs> and it's her salvation it's kind of weird right like uh, i just yeah. thought oh, so I, didn't, I was like what was this movie made oh 2021 all right it's a weird choice you made it yeah it's interesting yeah I didn't look to see, I don't think like, at first I was thinking, oh, I bet you like the lead act or the actress who's playing the 33 year old, like had something to do with like writing the movie or producing <laughs> it or directing it or whatever. But I didn't, I didn't notice. So I can't say that for sure. But yeah, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. You want to have like a, um, uh, a channel called the justification channel. Yeah. And it's all the things that like uh, ac- actors or writers have done. Uh, <laughs> and these movies justify them and just like, look, it's sometimes yeah. It's sometimes okay to do this. You can't. You sometimes can't, you, just you should uh, flirt with your assistant because <laughs> it helps them. Right. And this movie's about that. Right. It's helps occasionally helps raise their their their, their uh, sense of their yeah, self confidence. Maybe you're on a Zoom meeting, you take your dick out. Maybe that's not a bad thing because <laughs> yeah. it uh, everyone then has a sexual awakening and sure, sure. realizes where they are in their life. It's it's, it's good. <laughs> maybe it could be good. You know, sure, I mean, sure. uh, you think. And I'll just talk about one one last movie, which is this movie is um it's I don't know where it takes place actually, but it's all the characters speak Hebrew. They're all it's like they're Jewish, obviously. Okay. That's why they speak Hebrew. And um, they that'd uh, be strange if they weren't. And, this, and they just yeah. did it as a hobby. Mm. We're just Hebrew hobbyists. Yeah. So this this girl or this woman, I guess I'll say girl because she's going she went she goes to seminary. She her her father's like a well a, a well known rabbi, and she is very knowledgeable in 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 uh Talmud, in Talmudic studies and so he allows her to go to a uh school a seminary for jewish girls like even though that's not really acceptable it's because this is an orthodox family by the way it's orthodox judaism not not liberal judaism so there's no jewish no no female rabbis in this world not even for her would that be acceptable because she's a orth she's a believing orthodox jew 
And so she goes to this school, seminary, and she and another girl get tasked with helping this woman who is um, who has been released from prison after she killed someone and is living near the school, but she's dying of cancer. And so they're given the task of, kind of bringing groceries to her and okay. sort of helping her. But instead, they they start this thing of like trying to help this woman go through some sort of like purification process that would make her acceptable in you know in ortho- in the eyes of God through like through some sort of like series of like she kind of like takes like four different versions of this process and puts them together for this woman from the studies or whatever and so they start doing this thing but also she and the girl that they're doing this they start falling in love okay and that creates a different sort of tension and uh it's a, once, once again it's a weird movie <laughs> because it's so like that's a lot going on exactly it's like a lot going on and you're like and you don't. There's no. I, there's that's, no a bu- that's a bunch of index cards on it on, on like a cork yeah, board. Yeah, That's just okay. <laughs> so we're gonna shuffle. But it works though. Like it, it works as a film. Sure. Like like everything's very clearly spelled out because it's it's very episodic in a way. So it introduces the characters and then it kind of lets the story start to go from there. And then you you know like the, the one character is very rigid. The other character is kind of like been thrown into this situation because basically our family's like we don't know what to do with this girl. Let's put her in a in a seminary where she'll uh, you know just calm down and not have boys around her. Sure. You know? How do we solve a problem like Maria? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and then the whole other part of it, yeah, it's just but it, and then and then they kind of they come together very very um, innocently. And then um, the one girl is, is like, this is fine. There's nothing in the Talmud that says this is wrong. Men can't do this, but it, that's just nothing about girls. I just love that sort of legalism, you know. Like, mm-hmm. so of course for men to do this is terrible, but women it's fine. It doesn't say yeah. anything about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> what game are you playing? Lawyer ball. Play lawyer ball. <laughs> yeah. So then. Uh, yeah, you know what? You know what? God loves loopholes. Yes. Like, hey. Sure. You found the loophole. You, found, for you. That's right. That's right. you know what? I didn't cover all. That's I didn't right. cover everything. I didn't. I didn't, didn't cover think. all the bases, and uh, found, you're right. You found the loophole, and uh, you win. Yeah, because because nice. of course you couldn't uh, translate Sweet. that word. Uh, you could translate it as men, or how about as beings? That, uh, but anyway. That's right. So um, I know the same word for cat and house. <laughs> so you know, sometimes language is interesting. So it's um, not. It's, okay. uh, no. um, so yeah, it was. It, then then the one girl she can't handle the truth. not the truth, but just what all this will entail in her life. So she ends up just marrying a man. And the other girls just are left out of the whole thing. Although they do have a bit of a, a, a better, a kind of, um, they have a happy reunion at, at okay. this girl's wedding. But yeah, it was a sort of interesting film. Once again, you're just kind of like, this is, these movies are crazy. <laughs> Let's keep watching them. Because it keeps just recommending them to me. So yeah. I'm like, mm, sure. <laughs> says, says comedy, I'll watch this. There's nothing funny about this movie. Nothing funny at all, but I'll just keep watching it to the end. Yeah, do you mean in the old-timey way of it ends on a positive note? <laughs> Is that what you mean? As in it's not actively yeah. a tragedy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. If, if by comedy, do you mean one of the characters is kind of funny-ish? But there's actually no, like, comedy situations in the movie? Is that what you mean? Yeah. It's a comedy drama? Yeah. No, I just, I don't know why. I just find them fascinating. Are any of them Canadian? I think one was based in Toronto, actually. Because okay, it feels like that's kind yes. of thing we do. No, one one was yeah. not based in Toronto. It was actually based here on the West Coast. Ah. That was a different movie, though. Okay. So the girl wanted to be a writer, and she uh, meets up with this woman who is married and has a kid, but uh, is having some troubles. Yeah. That movie ends without anything happening. But this girl, <laughs> but this girl, it's a good, but it's like a, she kind of comes of comes into her own, though, right? Like as a writer and stuff like that. And the end of the movie is, uh, 
because she meets this woman who has like connections and so that gives her like the ch- opportunity to get published and so like and then and then at the end of the movie after she's gone through these experiences she's getting a ride from the the guy at the who at the beginning of the film brought her to to uh to this place he says um so you're going back home and she goes no i'm going to vancouver island and i'm going to write my novel and that's how it ends so yeah this is weird, right? They're just so crazy, they're just crazy movies. I love them though, because they're just all so small. It's small in, not small in spirit, but just so small in like scope, scale, money, everything else. But they just made with a lot of heart, and everyone, everyone is given one hundred ten percent. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was just there. We go. Uh, <laughs> uh, what well, you're saying, love, like how, and then it would all get to the end, and nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. It was just remind me of the old kids in the hall sketch. Uh, about the, uh, the gay characters from this segment they had called Steps. Okay. And they went to see a movie called, uh, I just want to see what the name of it was, Intimate Circumstances. Okay. And it's about a, a husband leaving his wife for their new neighbor. And yeah, it's just beating around the bush, beating around the bush. And <laughs> That's then like Making ends. Love, that movie with um, Michael Ankeen and Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a riff on that. Yeah. And you know, it ends with them almost kissing as a garage door closes. <laughs> That's right. Them, so you that don't way. see That's right. what, what occurs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's just, yeah. That's how we can take it. Men kissing. <laughs> but it's also, you know, it's also... But when too- I say nothing happens, I, I don't... I just mean like the the characters don't really... They don't really get it on or anything like that. It just... It has its own... It has a different ending. Like, so it yeah. reveals this woman had a miscarriage and so she's dealing with that. And so, you know, she's just an emotional mess. And so this girl's kind of like... And then the this couple, they just kind of bail, leaving her in the house by herself. And they're just kind of like, we had to go to our in-laws, so... You can stay if you want or do whatever. So she's like, I guess I'm leaving. Did you ever see the movie Better Than Chocolate? I probably did. Yeah, it was shot in Vancouver. It was, again, about... Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen that. Sorry. Okay, it was a coming-of-age kind of movie, and Mm -hmm. a woman falls in love with another uh, young woman, what have you. Uh, But, like, every time they needed to move the plot along... Yeah. uh, And it's a good movie. I'll I'll give you that. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But every time they had to move the plot along, uh, Nazis would show up. As in, like... (laughs) uh neo-nazis okay, would just come switch, by yeah. and just and yeah and so there's one one point where she's i think she's topless i think she is like at a bookstore mm-hmm. and like holding a sign like this is what a feminist looks like or something like something along those lines yeah but she's doing this uh kind of art protest piece sure and then uh, the nazis come by and they uh, firebomb the the bookstore and <laughs> it's uh, you know a big it's you know weird. it happens here in vancouver all the time yeah so, uh, and yeah, to me, it, that was always like this enormous eye roll of just like you couldn't do the small thing that would be, you know, so yeah, you yeah. have to do the big thing of just yeah. like, and here come the Nazis. And uh, here, and, and then, you know, when they have the final kind of uh, loving scene, uh, that's when, you know, uh, the Sarah McLaughlin song, You're Love Better Than Ice Cream. And I was like, oh, of course, you've been, because the title, you've been saving it to the, and here you, <laughs> and it's fine. But like I always thought, like the Nazis showing up was the corniest thing in the goddamn world, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, I like the movie, but I just don't like this. Uh, and there's there's a really good scenes with like her mom, you know, discovering her own sexuality and whatnot. It's really nice. Yeah. Um. But uh. But then years later, I'm working, um, uh, putting together this show with um uh, this guy Gerald uh, Varga who you know was mm-hmm. a horror yep. comedian Gerald Gerald Geraldton. Yeah. And uh and and somehow this casually got brought up and he went, "Oh, I'm that Nazi." <laughs> he was the Nazi who threw the uh the firebomb. It was like, 
yeah, it was a, a couple of good days' work. You just yeah, yeah, drove sure. around and had to Nazi it up. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, you're the villain and what have you. And, you know, like, felt weird, but you did. And I was like, oh, no, you're the corniest character in Canadian film. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah, but it's a, it was a successful movie. Hey, I don't want to I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea that there's not the occasional frisson of female nudity and, and uh, women getting it on that uh, makes these movies also, uh, also palatable to me, so... Uh, yeah. Better than chocolate. Yeah. It's uh, 1999, directed by Ann Wheeler hmm. uh, here in Canada. Hmm. Yeah. I have to put that on my, my to be watched list. I enjoyed what uh, our friend Joanna Gaskell was in a, a coming of age, a, a lesbian coming of yeah, age. Yeah. So movie. have you seen that? Who am I now? Yeah. I yeah. rented it and watched yeah, it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Because I wanted to, because both Barbara and, and Barbara Beale and her are in it. So. Yeah. They just had um, a. Sort of premiere, premiere for yeah, it at yeah. uh, Pacific Cinematheque yesterday. Yeah, I was uh, sorry I couldn't I couldn't make it, but I, I could not make it either. I felt bad about that. Yeah, yeah, but I did see it and I did enjoy it quite a bit. And yeah, it was briefly available on Apple yep. Plus to rent, so I rented it there. Yeah, I, I, I well, I bought it because you know they're friends with it. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine to rent too. Renting's fine. Mm-hmm. Buying's cooler. Well, I, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Sure, it's all good. Yeah. Don't feel bad. I just have issues with commitment. <laughs> should do a movie about that. <laughs> who am I now? Uh, Better Than Chocolate also has Jay Brazo, who we've brought up uh, many times on this show. Mm. He's the guy who says, ain't no rule, says a dog can't play basketball. There, but. <laughs> never, and other things. He it. does other things as well. Mm. Actually, there's quite a few people here that I've worked with. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I am going to now turn our attention turn to our the attention. land of letters. Oh, please do. People say we're gentlemen of letters. Maybe just refresh it just in case. I'll be happily refresh it. And click refresh. Did you just write a letter? Is that no. what happened? No. And you want your letter in? I just just I was just worried that maybe someone wrote in. I think someone did. Why you said that? Yes, you were right. Okay, so last week uh we asked uh the following questions. Uh one question was from our friend Louise who said, "What was the worst adaptation of a book or graphic novel?" Mm-hmm. And the sub question of the week uh, what was uh, who's uh, someone that's enjoyed a second act in their career? Oh, there we are. Good questions all around. Good so Louise around. asked the question. Guess who answers one? Louise. <laughs> What's going on? That's good. What's Self- the deal? Called self-employed. I put her down as a reference for a job uh, I was trying to get. Oh, did yeah. you get the job? No, nice job, Louise. Um, <laughs> Louise. Uh, they didn't call her. Uh, mm. Louise says, I thought the, uh, Dave, come on. What? It's not about candy. Come on. Come on. A little respect for Louise while you're eating your Sour Patch kids' heads. <laughs> um, My apologies, Louise. I thought the 1984 uh, uh, De Laurentiis Lynch adaptation of Dune was really bad. Uh, Lynch has said he uh, was reined in as a director on the film, but I think uh, I would have uh, liked it even less if there had been more of Lynch's sensibility in the film. There's a weirdness in the Dune novel, but not the kind of weirdness Lynch movies have become known for. And I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. gets the prize for most improved career for his comeback after hitting the skids due to substance abuse. Even when he uh, was at his lowest, he must have had a certain charm that uh, appealed to producers and directors. Hmm. Uh, They kept giving him chances, which he kept blowing until he was able to get his addictions under control. Uh, Winona Ryder is also having something of a career renaissance, thanks to Stranger Things Mm -hmm. and the Gen X nostalgia boom. Mm -hmm. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. I remember it was a big deal when he was on Ally McBeal. 
as a regular. Hmm. I was like, oh, good for him. Hmm. You know, and then, uh, you know, becomes one of the most successful actors in the world. <laughs> yes. Um, Edward Dragansky. He's very good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He is very good, yeah. Uh, Edward uh, Dragansky replies to Louise saying, Lynch's Dune adaptation was so bad he had his ta- name taken off the credits of any further versions of the film and replaced with the name Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy is an official pseudonym used by film directors uh, who wish to disown a project, and there's quite a few. It's a common pseudonym for directors whose film was clearly taken away from her or him and recut, recut heavily against her or his wishes in ways that uh, completely alter the film. And 100% agree with Robert Downey Jr. When I saw he was cast as Tony Stark years ago, I thought the films might have uh, gone the way the comics did and tell the story of Stark's addictions. With that in mind, I thought hiring Downey Jr. as Stark was a genius move to use a recovering addict, but the films didn't take that road. Now, years later, there's no one else I could imagine in the role. Downey Jr. owned the hell out of Tony Stark and (laughs) earned him a well-deserved second chance at other roles as well. Sherlock Holmes? You say Sherlock Holmes. I know you mean Dr. Doolittle. We know what you mean. (laughs) The far more popular and successful adaptation. If he could talk to the animals, I wish he would. Yeah. (laughs) This is what uh, I always like to say is like, if you look at, uh, I think it was Rolling Stone's list of the best, uh, best to worst Saturday Night Live performers. Yes. You know, uh, number one, mm-hmm. and then the, the, the one who's at the end, both of them, uh, Dr. Doolittle. Ah, I was going to guess Eddie Murphy as being the number yeah. one. Uh, Peter Ayers uh, Hello, replies Peter. to that. Hey, Peter. Alan Smithy has a long and undistinguished record in Hollywood, including the ne plus ultra of such movies, an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn. Uh, the paradoxical story concerns a director named Alan Smithy, who wants his name removed from his most recent film. Back in the real world, our uh, director Arthur Hiller saw the final cut, hated it, which led to his credit being replaced with Alan Smithy. <laughs> Each layer of the story is such a confusing mess that it led to the name being discontinued. I think um, Eric Idle played Alan Smithy in that movie. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, now back to Edward. And this back is Edward's to... letter. He's not replying to no one. Yeah. Can I just, before we go on... You can do whatever you want. From, it's half from of Peter. your show. <laughs> um, just wanted to give a little shout-out to Peter. For, he gave us some a travel tip. Gave oh, us a travel what's the, tip. What's the travel tip? You remember he wrote to us with a, a possible place to stay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I just wanted to say that we appreciated that. Unfortunately, it's apparently a very busy place, mm-hmm. that uh, particular... Um, yeah, it was, and this was this was ironic. It was uh, a value village. <laughs> <laughs> that is too bad. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for the tip, though, Peter. Yep. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes and says, "Oh boy, comes after us hard." You two and Star Wars making my head explode. <laughs> but an interesting analysis, nonetheless. Yeah, he's got this little uh, tube in his mm-hmm. head that you can just shoot something right down. Yeah, it just makes the head explode. Oh wow! But you yeah. have to hit it just the right way, just the right spot. Now you know what I do is I close my eyes when I do it. Yeah, yeah. I turn off the uh, the machine. You know what we do in this show? We use the farce anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost clear, kid. Uh, it's funny how the first two adaptations I thought of uh, include Tom Cruise, who is arguably one of the world's uh, most successful actors, producers, etc. I remember when it was announced that Cruise was taking over the role of Lestat in uh, an interview with a vampire and caused quite a fuss among the devoted Anne Rice readers. Uh, I didn't read Anne Rice's work, but plenty of friends and customers at Lone Star Comics did, and they did not hold back. 
<laughs> they all wanted uh, someone like Rutger Hauer in the role and not the five, six dark haired Cruz. For the same reasons that Vampire had, Cruz was almost immediately shunned from the Jack Reacher role as well by faithful readers. Lisa was so mad. Reacher, who is built like a brick shithouse in the books, was not a compatible match for Cruz, but the film continued on. In light of uh, what the readers thought initially, I think both adaptations did fine. Cruz can turn anything into box office gold. The first one's very good. The second one is... Is a bit of a reacher. (laughs) And since they're adaptations, there's always a chance of seeing a different one down the road. I guess that's why it's called acting, folks. I also remember the petition going around all the comic stores in an effort to remove Michael Keaton. I remember the petition. So silly. Uh, (laughs) Michael Keaton from Burton's Batman in 1989. An actual paper petition. I didn't sign it. I thought Keaton deserved a chance, and I think I won on that deal. He is still my Batman. Yeah, I remember there was a like a little uh, hand done poster on the wall at Golden Age Collectibles that uh, had a picture of like Michael Keaton in the movie Gung Ho, and had like you know they drew like a Batman mask over him, and uh, <laughs> they were being very sarcastic you know, about all the different like Mr. Mom. They had like a yeah. Batman mask over him, and I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, okay, one more, and and I can say it in two words: okay. barb wire. There you are. Oh, okay, uh, that's worse adaptation. Yeah. My uh, my wife was going to be working on the adaptation of that adaptation. Oh, okay. And it uh, didn't end up happening for various reasons. Hmm. Um, second act career. Third act. How about I throw out one of Hollywood's most active uh, non-agitarians, uh, Mr. William Shatner. Of course, he's Captain James T. Kirk, but the man has refused to be typecast as he reinvents, reinvents himself. My mom, who knows nothing about Star Trek, fell in love with Shatner's Denny Crane character on Boston Legal. Yeah, he's very good with that. And he's been a, and has been a Shatner fan ever since. I don't think it even has to do with being super popular or profitable as an actor, but just the fact that Shatner keeps going and going upsets all the odds for an actor his age. I met him numerous times, and he does not act his age in person either. He was charming and engaging to everyone in the room. The man just has unlimited energy. Maybe we should pay more attention to it and learn from it. Yeah, he's very good in Boston Legal. He was, uh, you know what? He did fine in Tech War. You know, he's fine. What about his TJ Hooker? Yeah. That's good <laughs> cheese, man. You mean Vietnam vet TJ Hooker? <laughs> Damn right. That's right. And uh, from Fight Club, Edward Norton. If you could fight any celebrity, who would you fight? Brad Pitt. Alive or dead? Uh, Edward Norton. Doesn't matter. Who'd be tough? Brad Pitt. Hemingway. Hugh? Edward Norton. Shatner. I'd fight William Shatner. <laughs> As I sneak away now, all good things to my fellow sneakers. Ah, very sneaky. Very sneaky. To do. Saw uh, an interview with uh, Muhammad Ali when he was next to um, uh, Mike Tyson on the Arsenio Hall show. And uh, he was very shy uh, near, and both of them were shy towards each other. And it was, it was very, it's kind of cute. And then uh, Arsenio asked, in your prime, could you have beaten him to, uh, the, could you have beaten Mike Tyson? And uh, Muhammad Ali goes, no. <laughs> Um, Peter Ayers. That's a good answer because I think just it's the inevitable inevitable thing with sports that training, Mm -hmm. diet, all those things improve over time. And what made a fighter in the 60s or 70s would be so different to how a fighter was trained in the 90s. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird seeing Bob actually at 1.1. He scares me. (laughs) Uh, Peter Ayers writes, hey folks, 
Congratulations on number 551, another step towards that thousandth, epi- thousandth episode. Mm-hmm. Still amazed at how you both stay on such good form week after week. The two worst movie adaptations are, to my mind, those that spend a ton of money whilst missing the point and then mm. replacing the original in the popular consciousness. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a fantastic concept, uh, which could have either been adapted straight or taken in new directions. Alan Moore's take on the characters completely ignored, <laughs> as were Kevin O'Neill's stellar designs. Mm-hmm. So many stupid decisions. <laughs> Chiefly staging a car chase in the only city on the planet with no roads. Uh, thankfully, there's a new adaptation of the works. So we can only hope. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, remember when the Nautilus came up uh, from under that dock and it was like a huge boat and you were just like, how deep is that dock? That doesn't make <laughs> that no sense at all. <laughs> and why was uh, Tom Sawyer in the movie and did nothing? Yeah, there was uh, there was like a bunch of a bunch. There was a couple of books about Tom Sawyer uh, where he was a detective. So mm-hmm. you could have done something with that. Can I do that? Nope. Okay, bye. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland is another miss. Mm. I know we keep coming back to it, but it pains me. There's a line to be drawn between absurdity, nonsense, silliness, and trippiness. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, you know what? If you put trippiness uh, before the silliness, uh, then you got ants. That's good. Absurdity, nonsense, trippiness, silliness. Ants. In your pants. <laughs> uh, absurd humor is hard to achieve since it relies on a, su- a surprise of combining carefully chosen concepts. To write good nonsense verse, we need to understand the rules and how we're breaking them. Invented words can conjure something in our mind's eye. Dr. Seuss was a bit lazy in this department, often inventing words to make lines rhyme. Well, so was Shakespeare. He invented a lot. Uh, <laughs> by contrast, silliness and trippiness are random, incoherent, and annoying which is a fair review of Tim Burton's film. And on late career resurgence, a bunch of elderly blues musicians uh, reached a new audience in the 90s thanks to Fat Possum Records and their refreshing motto, Not the same old blues crap. (laughs) Uh, I was lucky to see both R.L. Burnside and T-Model Ford a couple of times as they returned uh, to touring in the 70s. Worthy of a note is R.L. Burnside's album, An Ass Pocket of Whiskey. In the 70s or 90s? As they return to touring in their sev- in their, in their 70s, 70s yeah, okay. Worthy of note is R.L. Burnside's album, uh, An Ass Pocket of Whiskey, uh, which was recorded. Wait a second. I don't want to correct you, but I will correct you. It's a Ass Pocket Full of Whiskey. Oh, I apologize yeah. for that. Uh, which was recorded over the course of an afternoon with support from the John Spencer Blues Explosion. That is a very, very good album. Each track is fresh as a daisy mm-hmm. and raw as a slab of meat. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Plus, there's a very uh, entertaining shouting match about shopping for potato chips. Later, potatoes. Peter, Peter, potato eater. <laughs> and there's a nice uh, YouTube clip. Nice. Um, Billy writes us. Billy. Billy. In, in Under the Wire. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd was pretty awful. The most <laughs> recent adaptation, Dread, is a much better movie. Much, much better. better. I've never seen the Sylvester Stallone one, and the reason why is because I don't think it looks very good. Yeah, it's not. You're right, and he takes his mask off too early and uh, too often. Whereas Dread, nope, it's one of the. As someone you know, as someone who doesn't like to watch movies very much, that is a movie I can just like throw on any old time and watch. In fact, I, um, my my our friend David M, bring him up again. He, um, you know, he's got like a big projection screen in his living room. Very good. And he's been watching a lot of 3D movies on it. Oh. He's got like the digital 3D glasses. Okay. I was there a little while ago. We watched, uh, we watched Flesh for Frankenstein, the uh, Paul Morrissey film 
with uh, which is an incredible 3D, like this crazy 3D, the kind that's you know like sticking out, so it's like you're cross-eyed <laughs> looking at the the tip of a lance, you know. And uh, but I I said, oh, have you ever seen Dread in 3D? And he says, no, I I've, I have it, but I've never watched it. I said, oh, you have to, because that's a movie that was made for 3D, like it was designed to be seen in 3D, and that's why when it probably heard it in the theaters because when it only played as a 3D movie in the theaters, not in any other format. But it's so beautiful in 3D, and so he watched it. Uh, and then reported back and said, you're right. It's really good in 3D. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway. How is that not a TV series yet? Come on. Come on. Smarten up. <laughs> uh, late career resurgence. Uh, coincidentally, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, best acting screenplay Oscar nominations in 76. Uh, then went the action hero route for two decades, losing much respect. <laughs> then vanished to straight to DVD releases by the early 2000s. Wrote and directed his way back in late aughts building to an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor in 2016. Now he's about to star in a TV series by the creator of Yellowstone and writer of The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, and The Wolf of Wall Street at mm. age 75. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's very good in Creed. Creed was way better than it had to be. Um, how about Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill? Hitting the top of the charts this month due to its inclusion in Stranger Things. Uh, though a great artist, her music hasn't uh, been on the radio in decades, in America at least. Yeah. Her music is being rediscovered uh, by the kids. <laughs> That's something we were talking about a couple weeks ago. I was mentioning that that effect because I was thinking of... So I, the only one I can think of now... There's a couple of songs I had in my head a while ago, but the only one I can think of now is Lust for Life. Yeah. The Iggy Pop song, which you know is now played on commercial radio. That's what it made me think about it because I was just, I was in an area in I work where the one of the guys who works it's his own little area and he has his radio playing and and Lust for Life came on the radio and I was I was thinking like this song I never heard growing up like this would never have been played on the radio yeah you know like when when Iggy Pop toured these al you know the Idiot and Lust for Life albums like no one came out to see those shows even though David Bowie was in his band playing keyboards no one came out to see them and. But because it was in Train Spotting, and it was, it became popular from that appearance, and now we all know that song. You know, um, I wonder if maybe I played it last week. Baby Blue by Badfinger enjoyed a bit of a renaissance for being being at the end of mm. uh, Breaking Bad as well. You know, people were like, mm, "That's a good song. Let me find it on Spotify." You know. Anyway. Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, if that's happened with any like. James Gunn films because like him and Tarantino to me are the guys bring the oldie songs out and mm -hmm, mainstreams mm -hmm. them up for a bit yeah 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 well, I remember when the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy with Eve turned to me at the end of the movie and said oh great now my friends are gonna be telling me about these songs that I've been listening to my whole life have you heard Oh Child yes I've heard Oh Child <laughs> and so that is the uh, web uh, uh, letters of the uh, of the week people are people are ignoring me on 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 email this week. Oh, there's no email blast. Get nothing. Fine. Nothing. Listen, we did our questions and uh, people... Yeah. People uh, are still tired from that. People are so sleepy. <laughs> they are so sleepy. I mentioned... Uh, so do you have a question of the week uh, question? Uh, you you see, do yours. Uh, I'll do mine then okay. first. Um, do you have a moment when you were watching... Okay. So uh, this... Uh, talking about that skull mm -hmm. with the eyeballs in it. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a kid, there was an episode of Swiss Family Robinson... That in their cold open, uh, they walked into a cave and they saw a skeleton. Mm -hmm. It was a skeleton that had been eaten by ants. Like a person had died and uh, had been eaten by ants. Or the ants killed the guy. That's weird. Yeah. We would have thought it would be crabs. 
Yeah, that was ants. Uh, And so it was these killer ants that uh, ate them. And so the idea of like a skeleton that had been eaten by ants so terrified me. Okay. Uh, Skeletons in general freaked me out. There was an episode of uh, Logan's Run, the TV series, that had a guy getting shot and he turned into a skeleton and fell to the ground. And I was like, Jesus! Uh, But I didn't say Jesus. That's in me? Yeah. 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 That's a shocking part of it. It is a shocking thing. Get it out, get it out, get it out. Uh, put it back, put it back, put it back. Just replace it with more meat. Uh, what was something that you saw in a TV show that scared you as a young... They had a thing recently uh, where they had to uh, get rid of the uh, Margaret Hamilton episode of uh, Sesame Street because uh, kids got too scared by her as the Wicked Witch of the West. She was playing the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> she also went on uh, on Mr. Rogers and there didn't seem to be any problem with that. But like, what was something uh, on television... That you were watching that uh, surprised and scared you as a as a as a young person. Hmm. Okay. And uh, well, I guess I I confess to a weird obsession on this uh, week show. My obsession with uh, Tubi movies. Hmm. Uh. Well, let me just say one more thing about those movies before I pose my question. One okay. the thing I like about one thing I like about them is that they're kind of covering two things that I I love movies about self realization and I love movies. I love romantic comedies. And so I kind of get both in those movies. You get the sure. romantic comedy element, but you also get the the person kind of realizing who they are stories as well, because that's often always a part of it, is either revealing who they are to people or realizing who they are, you know? Mm. Anyway, uh, tell us about something that you, something odd that you're obsessed with or have been obsessed with in your life. Ah. There you go. Interesting. That's my question. All right. Ian. And how you do... Is this how you do? This is how you do it. <laughs> okay. uh, go to sneakydragon.com. Uh, you'll find our episodes there. Uh, and then you'll find a message board in every episode. And you can uh, answer the questions there. Or you can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. You can go to Twitter, uh, sneaky underscore dragon. Or you can go to Tumblr, uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Either of those ways. And if you go to Tumblr, we'll go, what? Because no one does it. No one goes to Tumblr. <laughs> it's crazy. No one does it. Yeah. No one. You can't. You can't, you won't. I uh, haven't mentioned this in a while, but uh, I have a uh, comic strip uh, that I do every day, every day with my wife. We do it every freaking day and night. No, just day. Uh, but even on Christmas, yes. And it's called Mannequin on the Moon. And if you go to Go Comics, uh, the website, and go Mannequin, uh, and uh, you'll find it there. You'll find it, Mannequin on the Moon. Uh, we also put it up on Instagram, so that's at uh, Mannequin on the Moon. Um, and uh, my wife had a cartoon go viral this week, which was neat. Oh, which one? It was one. Um, it was Trump uh, reaching for the driver in his mm, uh, mm-hmm. and his uh, Secret Service driver, little, and, little uh, baby Trump. Yeah, and that went. Uh, that was a couple of like uh, a little over a hundred thousand uh, people went. Yeah, so that was nice. <laughs> that's nice indeed. It was fun because she uh, she had been up all night. Drawing New Yorker uh, cartoon, uh, you know, our New Yorker cartoons for the week, mm-hmm. which we sent in a batch. Uh, and uh, and then she woke up from a brief, it turned out to be a nap, should have been asleep, but it was a nap. <laughs> and she saw that story on the news and went, oh, I got to draw that. And so she got up immediately and drew it in like a few seconds and uh, sent it out there. And then she was really happy with it and it started really catching fire. And then she went, the wheel looks bad. And so she redrew the wheel and did a second version with a steering wheel looking nice. And uh, there we go. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that, was a, that was a blaze uh, a couple of days ago. So that was neat. So congratulations to Pia. 
Yeah, that's and great. If you want to follow her on Twitter, that is at Piagira. Uh, and she is my wife, and I love her. And she is also an amazing cartoonist that I get to work with on stuff, too, which is also, holy mackerel. Do I get to work with some good people? Speaking of which, I got to work with Dave, and I got to work with our friend Nina Matsumoto on the Sparks series of books, and those are in stores now. The first one is called Sparks. second one is called Sparks, Double Dog Dare. And the third one, which just came out, is Sparks Future Perfect. <laughs> uh, which is a time travel story and involves a budgie and so many other things. Uh, and, it's a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, they're very fun. And uh, uh, we have uh, some really nice merch for them as well. So uh, if you want to go to sparkscomic.com, you can see uh, some of our uh, merch and things and stuff and what have you. Um, is there anything else you want to uh, plug? Nope. 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 There we go. That's the way it oh, is. I do want to mention that if you uh, send a question in for our question listener question show... Shoot me your address so I can send you a sticker. At SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Yeah. Give us your address. We'll send you a thing. Do you think we'll spam you? No, we won't. Most people would. They'd send you other stuff. But we won't. We'll just give you things that you want. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's because we're one, bad marketers, and two, lazy. <laughs> and that combi- benefits you. A combination of all three. Yeah. That benefits you, the non-spammed uh, listener. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The show has a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. And mostly from our laziness. From our laziness. Yeah. No ads. Yeah. Because we're too lazy to do anything. Well, I just did a whole bunch of ads just now. <laughs> yeah. But that's different. Yeah. That's it's different. Ads. Yeah. Plug in stuff. I don't consider that ads. Um, and if you want fresh chicken eggs, uh, Dave has them and will sell them to you for $50 <laughs> each. Yeah. The chickens have been giving us eggs the last little while. We've been uh, locking them up at night since our last raccoon scare. Oh, okay. See how long until we grow complacent. And let them ro- ro- uh, roam free at night. But I actually prefer them in their in their uh, thing at night anyway. You know what I would give them? Uh, a gun. Okay. Like, if you could... F- yeah. like, I, I know a human so, one wouldn't work. Like, attach it to their wings. Well, a chicken gun, yeah. So they're just... Uh, uh, how about two chicken guns? So they always have both on their wings. Yeah. Just L- looking kinda, badass. Yeah. And then when they lift their wings up, then they'll... Conf- bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the very least, it would scare scare a raccoon away. Yeah, I think it would scare a raccoon. And, and what you got to do is you got to make it so that heavy enough that they can't lift them too high so they can't hit a person. Okay. Oh. Like at the very worst, they're going to shoot you in the shin. Yeah. That's your worst case scenario that's with a some, shin that shot. That sounds bad anyway. It's bad. Oh, but okay. it's better than like getting sure. shot in the yeah, chest. Yeah, it's better than the shot in the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because then when the ambulance comes, you go like, oh, who shot you? Uh, chicken. <laughs> I didn't ask for your description of the person. I just asked who shot. No, they just chicken shot me, and it's like, why do you, why, why'd you give a chicken a gun? Well, we need the eggs. And like, what? I think that's a punchline to a different joke. Who's on first? Well, you know, chickens have crazy names nowadays. <laughs> Look, I, I can't do this, sir. I got a, I got other calls to me. Got to give you injection. <laughs> Quick, lethal injection. Yeah. <laughs> also, let us know if you like uh, who's on first. All right, we will be back again, uh, you know, uh, next week. And if not next week, then by Christmas, at least. Mm-hmm. Very least. We'll make, it, we'll make an appearance. We'll make it by Christmas. Uh, thank you for listening, Ebony. And I've been David. Ciao. Bye. Bye.